Hello, hello, hello. Hello, everyone. Another episode of Long Winded Spiel. Hey, Episode 51. Yep. I am here with my boy, Mike Motherfucking Gilman. What up, Doc? Um, so, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, UFC 229. Is 229. That right? 229. Yeah. October 6th. October 6th. Uh, we are five days away. Uh, yeah. Six days five, away? Five and a half, six. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Monday night. Monday night. It's Saturday. Saturday. So, yeah. Do the math. <laughs> Carry the two. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're going to be focusing more so on the main event. Um, mm-hmm. And then a few other fights throughout the card. Um, there's a couple good ones on this. There's a couple good ones on the main card. Um, a couple good ones on the uh, preliminary cards, too. Uh, before we get going on this one, listeners, I just have to tell the audience, uh, we've been having a couple beers. We've had more, uh, yeah. I'm on my second beer. Oh. Um, yeah, me too. About me, to finish this here in just a second. Me too. I'm on my second beer as well. I'm going to be smashing the third beer so I can get to the fourth. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I believe odd numbers are very unlucky. I don't the, want to be on three for very long. Uh, you're going to get to the fifth, right? Because this is a championship bout. Absolutely so, right. I'm just saying, we go five rounds on this exactly. one. Exactly. So Exactly. But uh, furthermore, I would just like... Oh, sorry. Uh, I would just like to say that we also had a little podcast before the podcast that mm-hmm. was freaking awesome. Uh, That's very true. So... That was yeah. a uh, that was an off air podcast only for um, our ears. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was a conversation that uh, one of my best friends, Mike here, and I had to have for each other. Like... You know, we kind of you know let each other know. Some real deep stuff. Real deep stuff. Real man. deep stuff went on. Real, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, real a lot of stuff that um, we needed somebody that actually cares mm-hmm. about our, you know, us. Like the I, situation. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Should, like you know. I know you, you, you know, I care about you. I know you care about me. That kind of a thing. So I was like, yo, man, like, what's your take on this? Right. Kind of want to hear your thoughts. Right. And, and, we, um, and we know that we're also not going to bullshit each other. Exactly. We'll be very real. That. We're very honest, very real. Well, we're Leos. It just comes with exactly. the territory. We're so, Leos. Yeah. And we've been friends for fucking a while. Was that seven, eight years now? I think going on eight, yeah. Man, eight? Yeah, probably eight. Eight years? Sounds about right. Sounds about Dude, actually, you know what? Probably approaching nine. Think so? Yeah, because uh, I was at Olive Garden for like seven and a half years, mm-hmm. and now I've been at Duke's for like a year and a half. So probably approaching. I mean, and, and you were there like a few months after, after I started you. at Olive yeah, Garden, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's probably a few months short of nine. What's twenty eighteen? I started like in yeah twenty eleven, right? I think twenty ten. I'm sure the well. I, well, like I said, it's got to be a, yeah, wait a second. A, yeah, so 2011 wouldn't make sense. But no, it wouldn't. Right. But like, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like 2010. That's the beers. I think it was like 2010 when I started. 2010, that 2011. That makes more sense. Either way, man, it's been it's been about let's say seven or eight years of like. Let's go with eight. Eight years. It's approaching nine. I in my head. Yeah, so. I think, dude. I don't know. We've been we've been friends for a while. Here's the thing: we haven't just been friends. We've been like living together, friends. Yeah. For most of that time. So, you know, that's like a... That's a different level. That's like that's a, a friends on trust. steroids. You know that's what I mean? True. Yeah, it's trust. You it's like, yo, that. man, I, I know how you live, bro. <laughs> I know your routine. You know my routine. 
Let's not fuck. Let's not yeah. fuck around with each other. Like I know you're. Don't I, bullshit I, me. I know how how yeah. often you do dishes. Yeah. All right? <laughs> I know. I know when you buy toilet paper. Yeah. Right? I know how often you buy toilet right? paper. Right. So yeah, you you worked out today, Derek. You mean your uh, mm-hmm. thirty minute uh, push up. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing card push-up game that you do. <laughs> I'm working out right now, bro. I'm doing yeah. 12 ounce curls. There you go, man. Uh, it's not the the weight of the curl; it's the uh, the amount of curls that you do. It's about reps, bro. It's a right. That's what I do. A lot of 12 ounce reps. That's right. Um, Getting real toned over here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, listeners, well, we uh, we had a really was... great conversation, and at the very end of it, we we're like, "Fuck, we should have been recording it," and then we, we realized, <laughs> "No, that was more for." us that was like a very just uh serious conversation it's, it's kind of funny too because we like sat down to start recording like this podcast that we're doing right now yeah that's so true and it was like uh <laughs> you know we, we do a little warm-up like well, we'll listen to a song we'll, we'll start shooting the shit you know uh just kind of like talking warming up yeah. before, before the cast yeah. but this little warm-up turned into like a two-hour like fucking uh, like just i don't know like show you my soul kind of yeah, shit you know yeah dude and uh it was it was just intriguing uh because i was thinking like like i said i was like we should have been recording this this was some real deep shit and uh he said it best like nah, that's, that's actually just for our ears that was yeah. just for us and that was not to get too sorry sorry listen i'm sure we're like this bromance like, in, what the fuck conor uh, mcgregor versus khabib I this fucking <laughs> podcast said we're gonna talk about fights bro not about bromance yeah well but fuck you guys <laughs> we're drinking beers and we're friends yeah we're, we're good friends um but yeah man so um that was a great conversation yes that yes, was a good sir. conversation yes sir um i'm happy we uh we definitely got to talk uh chat it up get a bunch of stuff off our chest so it was great so having said that uh, let's maybe dive on into UFC 229. 229. Uh, do you? Th- all right. Let me just ask you this, okay? Before I was about to say it, uh, but I was going to say UFC 229 potentially the biggest fight card of all time in terms of like that's that's what they're trying to advertise. Oh it yeah, as, for right? sure. They're like, oh, they, well, maybe not the card, but they're saying like this is potentially the biggest fight in UFC history. Do you agree? I think it's the biggest fight of UFC history until the next fight. Because <laughs> it's, such, it's next so time. watered down at this point, How man. How many times have they said that, right? Fucking every single time Connor's ever fought, every single time Brock Lesnar's ever fought. John Jones. When John Jones, I was just going to say that, when John Ronda. Jones came out, Ronda, when she came out of retirement, oh, retirement, semi-retirement, got knocked out by Holly Holm, that kind of a thing. Too soon, bro. Yeah, right? When CM Punk <laughs> came Oh, my God. Like, dude, like, come on. There's just too many. Fights. When GSP fought against Michael Bisbing for the middleweight, like, there's just... It's just too much. And then at the end of the year, the end of the year, that the December fight card, that's always a big fight card. Right. What are they going to say then? This is the biggest fight card in the history in of... the fight. history of UFC. Here's the thing. Do I think this is going to be top five most, most pay-per-view buys? Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, the, uh, uh, Connor has a top. Uh, he's got number one, number two, and like number four, I think, mm-hmm. as far as the most uh, for pay per views. For pay per views, does yeah. that is, are we talking about mixed martial arts, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Not uh, not Mayweather versus. But he still has the record, I think, for pay per views in general. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Mayweather versus McGregor. Right. Yeah, which most people call it Maymac. <laughs> when Dana said that, I was like, dude. Genius. Please say Mayweather versus McGregor. Oh, I was gonna say genius. No, it is. It's smart, but for the the casual fan, they're gonna be like, "What the fuck is Maymac?" 
They're not going to know what Mayweather McGregor... Am I wrong on that? or No, it's a McDonald's promotion that happens in May. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, listeners, that's that, not true. <laughs> just, I still think that was really funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny. And I just came up no. with that on this spot. Yeah, okay. So, um, But also, no, that's not true. <laughs> uh, the beers are flowing. Yeah, yeah. but uh, And they're not stopping, man. i got plenty of beers uh, to be drank. Um, but yeah, so I think... For sure, I think it was like what seven million? No, not that many. Six. I, I want to say the number was like six four, or like six. It was right. six and change. Was six the, million pay per view buys at about hundred dollars a pop. It was no. Yeah, it was a fucking yeah. It was hundred dollars. It was hundred dollars. It's a hundred bucks a pop. It's a lot of fucking money, man. It's a lot of fucking money. A lot of fucking money. Okay. But, but that kind of brings us kind of back to where we're at now in terms of like. All right. Do you think Connor's here to like what settle a score, to make think, money, to promote a whiskey? I to think Connor's here because he understands the end game better than anyone else. Touche. Couldn't um, say it better, dude. Yeah, fucking his whiskey hit on the nose. So smart. Co-promoting and his whiskey's gonna be on the, on canvas. the canvas. Sponsored. I honestly looked. Are you kidding to, me? I looked to buy the whiskey already. Yeah, you know who has a fucking two bottles of it? A uh, friend uh, John of ours, Fry. John Fry. Shout out to John Fry. Hey, oh, John I, Fry. I fucking commented on your Instagram post. You lucky dog, you. Um, why don't you fly back down to Southern California and fucking share that bottle yeah. with this man? The fuck. Do it real proper, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly right. You better be putting just no more than two ice cubes in that fucking thing, bro. Because I'm gonna fucking be really disappointed if you're putting ginger ale in that shit. All right. Science. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be really disappointed if you're putting ginger ale. Uh, it, it, it came from a shout out to a fucking threat. Yeah, <laughs> I will fly up there. I will find you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Just kidding, John. You're awesome. Yeah, no, you're a good guy, John. I do miss you, man. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So I think it's a uh, it's sold out. By the way, it's, it's sold, sold out. out right? It's sold out Everywhere. within that day. I talked to Pat, our, our stock market person, and I was like, uh, a week or two ago, I was like, hey, man, how do I invest in proper twelve? In terms of like as a stock. Mm-hmm. Because I just know like Connor's crowd and like we're all gonna buy his whiskey. Oh yeah, I'm gonna the buy ne- it. the next. The so, moment yeah. it hits, the moment it hits total wine and spirits. You're buying, you're buying it. I'm buying it. Yeah. Everybody's gonna fucking buy it because Connor's fucking Connor, and that's just who he fucking is, dude. And, he's, and you know I'm gonna post an Instagram picture of me drinking it. Fucking, <laughs> I know. want so badly to fucking be posting something with yeah. drinking proper twelve. I don't give a shit if it tastes bad. Yeah, alcohol sucks. It doesn't taste good. Exactly. Why do you buy certain things? Well. Because it makes you feel good. Does yeah. it, not because it tastes good. And in this situation, it's because I fucking support Conor McGregor. So do I. So. so do I. And also, I want everyone to know that um, our predictions on this fight card, uh, on this particular fight, is nowhere. Uh, it's not going to be because we are Conor McGregor fans. We're not fanboys. It's going to be because exactly we're not fanboys. It's going to be because this is exactly. I'm sure. Spoiler alert. I'm sure you see what we're getting at. <laughs> um, it's going to be 100 based off of how I truly feel the fight's going to go down. So I just want you to know that I'm not because yeah. I'm a big fan of Conor. So if you're thinking um, about, I betting, picked against him in most of his fights. To be honest with you, so. I haven't. I, this is also true. <laughs> um, the only fight that I um, besides Aldo, I was a little nervous about that one. That, I picked all of the. I picked Jose to win that one fight. To, to win that fight, I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, I'm, I did. I'm I did because I was actually. I'm pretty sure I did. I picked I'm, Jose to win I, that one. I, I'm um, pretty sure I did. We we're gonna have to check the tape on that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I picked Aldo. I'm pretty sure I picked Aldo to win that fight. Um, <laughs> like I picked. I picked Connor to beat Nate Diaz the first time. 
Um, and then Nate I thought Vaughn. he was going to walk through Nate Diaz the Did first you, time. I didn't think that. I thought I thought I was going to beat him though. I thought I, I was going to beat him. I saw I saw Nate Diaz's frame, and I saw the way that Connor's like I, a true believer in Connor. Sorry, I'm hitting the table, microphone listeners. Uh, I saw Connor's power, and I was a true believer that he could touch you and just put, put you, you to sleep. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you run into the uh, zombie Nate Diaz. The, yeah, it's like you can. Yeah, I'm just not getting knocked out, bro. You can yeah. hit, you rat, rattle my skull all you want, yeah. bro. I'm not going sure. down. You know, For sure. He's got a, he's got a thick clad chin. Dude. Yeah. Uh, which was his like absolute fucking kryptonite. Yeah. Uh, but I really saw his frame, and I saw like I man, I thought he was gonna fucking roll right through him. Just I thought he was gonna starch him. Yeah, I thought he was gonna just cripple that guy. I was like yeah. that brittle, skinny. All the things that Connor was saying, like that you skinny fucking gazelle. I'm yeah, gonna f- you cholo. <laughs> I thought he was done, dude. Yeah. And uh, dude, that broke my. Not broke my heart. Yeah, it did. It broke my heart. Yeah. Um, but I, then I picked Diaz to win the rematch, and then so, Connor surprised everybody. So I guess the moral of the story is just bet on the opposite of whatever Derek says in a Connor fight. So I'm picking Connor. No! <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Spoiler. No, but uh, but I did pick Connor in a lot of his victories as well. Like, I thought he was, I knew he was going to beat Dustin Poirier. Um, I picked him to beat um, fucking Max Holloway the first time, well, the, the time they fought. Um, Markage uh, Brimage, fucking uh, Dennis Seaver. Seaver was like a joke. That of an was opponent. a joke. It was a joke. Like really, you, they, he For got sure. like spoon fed. Fucking yeah. Seaver. Let's just be in frank about That's that. That's very very true, man. Um, uh, Eddie Alvarez. I'll be honest, I was on the fence on that one when he fought Eddie Alvarez. I was on the fence. I wasn't sure. I think I picked Eddie at the end of it. I thought it was a really. But, I, um, I think. That was a really bad matchup going in. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, especially the way that Eddie Alvarez had been like showing how he was fighting prior. Mm-hmm. Like when he fought Anthony Showtime Pettis leading up to that fight, uh, he showed like, oh, I don't give a fuck about an inter- entertaining fight. Yeah. I'm just gonna press this guy up against the fence and grind it out and yeah. just like hold and hold the guy up against the fence and yeah. just lean on him. You know what I mean? It was like one of the worst performances. Not. Excuse me, not performances, but it was just the, one of the more least entertaining fights that I've That's ever fair. seen. That's very fair. Uh, he won. That's very fair. He yeah. dominated, but it was just he held the guy. Yeah. He held Pettis. Oh, for sure. So I hey, thought, not, not denying that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody. I mean, if you just look at the time. If you elapsed, deny that, you're, you're not a smart person. I will. Not you, but like if you, <laughs> I will slap well, in you. In general. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, in general. You're like, I won't deny that. And I was like, if you deny that. If, I'm like, I meant to say if Michael. one. If one would deny that. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> not you, Derek. Um, uh, no, I, I agree, though. That was, um, it was like 85% of, of, of Alvarez like holding him up against the yeah. fence. Which, oh, for sure. Which I think is his only. Uh, in finding somebody like Connor or a striker like mm-hmm. Pettis. That's Alvarez's ticket. He can't outstrike mm-hmm. these guys. No. But he tried to. He did. With Connor, and he tried to have a more. He couldn't take him down. And which is going to go into our conversation about. Do you Khabib. think that he couldn't take him down, or do you I think, think that he, he was trying? Because to... here's the thing: if he could have taken him down, I think he would have. So in the post-fight uh, interview, now this could have just been an excuse, right? It I know. Just... I know. I know what you're referring do you know what to. I'm talking about? Where, yeah. he, where he said like, "Oh, I could have done a different game plan," but I just thought to myself, "Now that I've got the title, now that I've got the championship." Like, I, I don't want to... I'm not grinding for the title anymore. I'm here to, like, make money, and I'm here to, like, have an entertaining fight. Like, I'm here for the fans. I absolutely disagree with that. Well, that, that's what he tried to say, though. Yeah, I know. I, I know exactly but what you're talking about. do you think about. that yeah. that was an excuse? Or do I don't you think, think that was an that... excuse. I think that was Eddie Alvarez lying to himself. Okay, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that was think a that very was subconscious... Rationalizing? I think that was a very subconscious... 
I, I don't think he was actually thinking his thoughts through. I think he was just sp- spilling out to make himself feel better. And yeah. it just so happened to be in front, uh, in front of a couple million people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a fan of Eddie Alvarez. Too, I have been too. for a long time. Um, back, back when he was fighting at uh, Bellator. Um, big fan of Eddie. But I don't think that that was a very uh, true statement. I think if he could have taken Connor down, if here's the thing, if Connor would have pulled guard the moment Eddie would have clinched up with him, I think Eddie would have been perfectly content with staying in his guard and just beating him oh. up. So here's the thing: okay. if Connor would have done that and Eddie would have been like stood up and like, no, stand back up, I want an exciting fight because I'm a champion now, then I would I, I, I would change my tone. Okay. But I'm a hundred percent confident. In that, if Connor would have done that, Eddie would have been okay with keeping him there. Speaking of uh, following Eddie from the Bellator uh, standpoint, uh, what's the name of, of the guy from Bellator that he had those two badass fights with? Specifically, there was one badass fight. Uh, it's like Michael something. Chandler? Chandler, thank you. Yeah, God, yeah. I knew you would fucking know it. Yeah, 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 he's a badass dude. Dude, the fight between Eddie, uh, sports fans or UFC Michael fans? Michael Chandler, was, he was a free agent just a few months ago. Is he and coming the, over? No, the UFC put Damn in a it. bid and then Bellator. And he, uh, here's did they the outbid thing. him? They outbid him, yeah. And then, and then, and then, uh, and then UFC decided. So like the, the way it works, ladies and gentlemen, is that the moment you become a free agent, um, you're, you're uh, uh, legally eligible to accept bids from other promotion companies. So uh, in this case, it's mainly UFC and Bellator. So the moment Michael Chandler is, uh, is a uh, currently now, still now, um, because he re-signed it with uh, Bellator, um, is under contract with Bellator. So the moment his last fight on his contract ended, he then became a free agent. So the moment he becomes a free agent, he is able to flirt with other promotion companies. So that means they're able to send him like, hey, we're willing to pay you this much over uh, the next four fights. So over the next four fights, we guarantee you this much money. But if you win, you make this much more money. And we help you out with promotion, this and that, whatever. But the moment that the UFC placed placed their bid to win over Michael Chandler, then Bellator, because of their contract agreement, they, they have the right to uh, match that bid and obviously re-raise it. So what, what ended up happening was the Bellator was able to outbid the UFC. So the UFC, for the sake of the story, if the UFC said, yo, we'll give you $100,000 per fight plus win bonus... Um, Bellator was like, yo, we'll pay you $125,000 every fight plus win bonus, and we won't restrict you on sponsors. Uh, yeah. Always re- comes down to comes. that. Always comes down to that Reebok deal. So with Michael Chandler being the for person that he is, he has zero fights under Zufa, oh, not Zufa anymore, but under UFC. So that means he would go under a very specific uh, pay bracket when it comes to sponsorship deals from Reebok. So he can go from anywhere in Bellator. Michael Chandler can go from making, let's just say, to make this very easy, he's getting paid $50,000 in sponsorship money every fight, not including what he gets paid from Bellator as right. in like to, to fight. The UFC, their lowest bracket of sponsorship money that Reebok cuts a check for right. is $2,500. So he goes from making 50k again, 
this is all hypothetical. For, uh, right, but number fifty thousand right. for number wise, he can go from making fifty thousand dollars on top of what he gets paid just as his salary base to making his salary base plus two thousand dollars. Fucked. That's fucking stupid. Stupid. I'm sorry. Reebok I mean, the was. Notor- the no- all right. Well, here's here would be my next question to that. Do you think that the notoriety uh, from as like an athlete, right, do, and also just the competitive nature of the sport, do you think that it's worth it then to for if you were Michael Chandler, would you come over to the UFC to like for one like legacy to be the best to be the best of, best of all time? Like, is it more important to to like be the best of all time or to get paid? Or, Me personally, or I mean, not even just you personally, but like, do you? Th- Yes, yes, you personally. Let me first of all put that out there. But also just like, as a fan, commenting on and like what we're doing right now, we're podcasting about it. What is your opinion as to what Michael Chandler should have done? Should he take more money for staying in a, in a lesser league? You know what I mean? Like, would you, if you were, if you were fucking Tom Brady, would you take more money to play in the Canadian Football League? Mm. Or would you take less money, and and say the sponsorship deals are the same? I know it's not a good example because yeah. in the NFL you get you get endorsement deals, but would you take less money and less of an endorsement deal for more eyeballs and more? Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. more notoriety. Uh, I guess uh, it depends on if you're willing to pay, if you're willing to play the long term game or the short term game. So the way I mean, I'm looking at it is like the UFC. Yes, you probably get less money, but you get more eyeballs. More Those eyeballs. eyeballs can potentially lead to movie deals. Uh, Luke Rockhold is a model now. <laughs> He's he models for an, uh, some modeling agency. Yep. Um, you have Tyron Woodley, who is a welterweight champion, <laughs> who is now a um, he just came out with his first ever single. With uh, with Wiz Khalifa, it's produced by Wiz. Produced by Wiz have you Khalifa. Heard the song? I haven't. I have not. But it's called "I'll Beat Your Ass." Boom. <laughs> Isn't that fucking silly? <laughs> silly thing. But hey, he's doing it though. He's doing it though, and he's also in movies. He's also Dude, doing I, movies. Do you imagine that that song is like nails on a chalkboard? I listened to a small video snippet of it, and it is very much like nails uh, on a chalkboard. That's exactly it's what not... I'm, I'm like. You're a fighter. Be a fighter. Yeah, it's not that great. Uh, but it's, again, I, I've. It's like you got a fight bonus and you decided to just pay off Wiz yeah, to like. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that song that we wrote, fucking thank you. Yeah, um, he's like, cool, man. Almost. Yeah, yeah. So again, it depends on how you look at it. But in Bellator, I don't really know too many Bellator fighters that are in movies or doing modeling no, that's, or that's, that's writing like, songs. It's like the Palm Springs or the Florida of the mixed martial arts uh, world. It's where you go to retire. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, exactly. You have a, that's a good point. Yeah, man, so it just kind of depends on how you look at it. So me personally, Michael Chandler in his prime, he's like 31, I think, 32, something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's a good um, fighter. I probably would have gone to the UFC because it's like, yo, this is this is it. This is the time to actually like. What are you gonna do? You're gonna re-sign with the UFC when you're 35, 36? No, and that, like I feel like the UFC is the end game, right? Like that should it be is. your goal, like, right? At the very least, you know, get enough attention to where when you re-sign with Bellator, your your net worth is more now. So you probably would have out done your original contract. Again, this is all I, hypothetical, I man. I don't know how it, it really is, works. It is all hypothetical, but I guess the 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 basis of my question is like. I think it comes down to every every man or every person. Excuse yeah. me, not man. Every person uh, is. Would you rather be a big fish in a small or a medium pond, or you know, work on being the big fish in the not maybe maybe not going in as the big fish, but like, do you have that mentality where you're like, I'm gonna go to the big pond, I'm gonna mm. go to the fucking ocean, and yeah. I'm gonna 
swim with the sharks, dude, and, and make yeah. sure, you know, and really test my metal. Yeah, you know? dude, kind of, I guess it depends, man. It really does depend. But, um, but yeah, so that that's what happened with uh, Michael Chandler, and that's why we get onto that topic, because he had crazy, two crazy fights against Eddie Alvarez. Um, and do do yourself a favor. Do yourself um, a favor. Watch both of them. The awesome. first one and the second one, crazy fights, um, barn burners for sure. Um, but, yeah, so. Um, it's one of go, the best fights I've ever seen. Oh, for sure. Easily, easily. Um, but, yeah, so just going back to the original point, um, I picked, I wasn't sure who was going to win that fight against Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez. I wasn't sure who was going to win that fight. Um, but I will say, without blinking an eye, I was not drinking the Kool-Aid when it came to McGregor versus Mayweather. I thought Mayweather was going to do exactly what he did, um, except I thought Conor was going to go all 12 rounds. I'll be honest with that. I thought Conor was going to go all 12 rounds. I thought it was going yeah, to be a decision. Mayweather can't finish people. And he he didn't knock out McGregor, though. He just he did. He made him tired. He, he was him just, tired. Yeah, he was just tired. And I think, Conor, I think Conor could have caught another. That's a whole other podcast. But I, yeah. I do think Conor would have gotten another win, uh, a second win or a third win or whatever. Maybe. Yeah, not, maybe. Not, not like came storming back and, and like won the won. fight yeah, or whatever. He would have finished the fight strong. I think he could have finished that yeah. fight. I don't I don't I don't see the referee I, I, I stand behind it. The referee stopped it a little soon and then Connor yeah. said let, 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 let me hit the canvas. Let me know, go like, down yeah. once. Yeah dude, before exactly. before you fucking stop it. Dude. Yeah. This is a, this is a, six million people are watching this. It's the biggest fight yeah. of all time. Absolutely. Let it happen, dude. Absolutely let it fucking happen. I think the ref knew in his mind the moment I see Mayweather doing some damage, I'm gonna stop the fight. And that was, I think, boxing had that in play as well. They don't want to lose, man. Boxing like, knew. They're on. like, hey, bro, our guy has got to win this. You're exactly. a boxing ref. You are a representative of this fucking sport. Exactly. If you want a job in this sport uh-huh. from here on out, with a moment mm-hmm. that you can stop this fight for, for uh, Mayweather, you do it. Again, I'm a, I'm a McGregor you know, fan, yeah. so like this is complete bias. I get that. Yeah. Uh, but... You you definitely want to see somebody at least take a fucking knee, Absolutely. you know, at yeah. least get clipped a little bit yeah, before you fucking sure. say he's TKO. Absolutely, man. But yeah, so, so just to let y'all know, like I'm, um, so again, I'm sure you know who I'm picking, but uh, I, I I I promise you, it's not because of anything else outside of what I see. That's all. So what? um, so you your official pick. My official pick's gonna be Connor, but I'll tell you why, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get on that. We'll hey, definitely get that's on fine. that. That's fine. Okay. We're definitely so gonna get on that. Connor. In what round officially? Okay, so before we even get there, okay, okay, let's let's, let's break down. Let's break down. Okay, so we've been talking about Connor a lot. Let's talk about Khabib for a quick second. Okay. Scary, scary Sambo champion, scary wrestler. I heard he's Russian. Heavy, t- yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's Russian. Heavy top game. So you know what that means? Oh yeah, fucking different <laughs> kind of toughness. <laughs> Uh, grew up in the cold. That's grew a different up, kind that's of what I was yeah. grew, up, grew up in the snow. Different kind of toughness. Um, uh, Khabib is. He has a. Again, I've no, I don't know this personally, but he's got the kind of top game that makes. He's a. He fights at 155 pounds. After cutting weight and rehydrating, he probably walks into that octagon about like 170, Fair. 175 maybe, maybe, and. Just based off of how he how he fights and the opponents that he's fighting, the look on their face after the second round, he looks like he's a man that's like 250 pounds because they look absolutely exhausted, just like there's a little bit of quit in them and like, that they're like only they're trying to survive. <laughs> exactly. So Khabib's ground game, in my opinion, is as good skill-wise 
as Connor's stand-up game. Fair. Right. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll break that I down. Agree. I'll definitely break that down here in a second. But the point that I'm making is that Khabib has this, this ability to control people that are world-class, world-class athletes. Like guys that are fucking the cream of the crop when it comes to all areas of uh, all aspects of fighting, including ground fighting. Like he's fought plenty of guys that were college level wrestlers, like, black belts under uh, black belts in jujitsu. We're talking about and, Al. Uh, I mean, Al Iaquinta was a, a great wrestler, but I'm also talking about Rafael dos Anjos. Okay. He made him look amateur, and that's yeah. a a world a world champion in grappling, and he made him look. He racked all them. He suplexed them multiple times throughout that fight. How many? Who has he? This is this is kind of like the thing about Habib. It's like who has he not ragdolled? Eventually, you know what I mean. Like I know that he he got people will talk about. I will talk about it. He got clipped by Michael Johnson in the first round a little bit. He and it was staggered. just a moment. It was a moment. moment. But then he and still it wasn't hurt forward. though. He wasn't hurt though. Let's he be still, honest. He still came. He forward. wasn't hurt. He got clipped. He got like knees wobbled. It, it's and almost came like if somebody. Yeah, it's almost like if somebody like. Like if you're standing still, somebody walked up and just pushed you, and you have to readjust your feet just to keep yourself upright. It wasn't like it hurts you or you're like, oh, what the fuck? It was more like a whoa. That was what the but, fuck was but, that? But the audience and everybody around's like whoa. Because that was the fr- here's the fucked up thing, man. Is that throughout his 26 fights in right. his career, he's 26 and 0, ladies and gentlemen. 26 with zero losses in his 26 fights. That was the only time he's ever looked beatable in that. Two second, three second window. And that's what people cling to, right? Like it's which makes me kind of. I'm like at. If I had to choose a percentage, I'm like at fifty five, forty five right now. Wow. Okay. That's how that's how close it is for me, for me personally. Yeah, no, because like agree. it's, it's fucking dead close, man. But um, obviously fifty five percent going to Connor. But again, I'll explain why. So Khabib's ground game is something that is just. Out of this world, good. But the issue is, is that in order to really implement that strategy of fighting, he has to get you to the ground. He has to also close the gap. He, he has, has to close, close the gap. He has to close the, the ring. He and has to close that distance. Connor has this thing where he's just, he knows how to find the magic button. He just knows where everyone's button's at. And he's great at, at, at distance. He's great at countering. He's especially great when it comes to people rushing in. I mean, Jose Aldo. 13 seconds. He, like, usually does things in the press conference to get you to rush in. Yeah. And now well, we're gonna break that down too. fighting a Russian we're that break rushes that down. in. Yes, but I, I, here's the thing. Okay, so uh, Khabib, uh, in my opinion, Khabib's greatest strength is that uh, is not only his wrestling, but it's also his um, his confidence. Um, Connor's very confident, yes, and Connor has lost before. So Connor knows what it takes to come back from a loss, which, in my opinion, I think shows more grit than a person that's been undefeated. Because right. a person that's been undefeated, they know. They know, never, they know exactly. So who's to say that Khabib gets his first loss, let's say by the hands of Connor? How's he going to take that next fight? Like, I'm kind of curious to see that. I 2000% agree with you, because, yeah. and I think that's a big factor in this fight is that mm-hmm. Habib has that arrogance about him that's exactly like, where the confidence can hurt you a little bit, right? It, it can, like, because you know, what are you gonna do to me? It's like, dude, he could knock you out, so like, but he's like, but, but he's think like, about that in his second. head, though. He's like, no, you can't. All these other yeah, people, all dude. these other strikers, yes, okay, cool. So, yes, so, so that's where that's where that confidence can exactly. be a hindrance, it can definitely be that. So, my, my thing is like the way I'm looking at it is, is like. 
uh, Khabib's, again, his greatest strength is his wrestling and his conditioning, but also his confidence. But his confidence can kind of be a double-edged sword. You know what I mean? It can hurt you as well. I 100% can. But going into the fight, I think that Khabib understands, he understands something better than what Connor's previous opponents understood. And that is, you can't get, you can't fall into the hype of fighting somebody like Conor McGregor. You can't. Because the moment you fall into that hype of like, holy fuck, all the bright lights, and then he's talking shit, and yeah. everyone's reacting at what he says, and everyone's booing me. Like, Eddie Alvarez is a great example. They were in New York City, where in Eddie Alvarez is from, yeah, his hometown, and people were booing Eddie, and they were cheering Connor. Right. Like, that's a mindfuck, dude. It's a totally. mindfuck. So, but Khabib seems like the kind of person that's just like, doesn't care about that. Doesn't. And I truly believe that i think i agree i think i don't know if it's a russian thing in him or if it's just his mentality or maybe he just understands it's a, it's a i'm combo, not i'm not gonna like, win a verbal battle against Connor. right he's a smart i i truly think that like both of yeah, these fighters are are incredibly intelligent when it comes to the fight game yeah and like all the yeah. things included in it like khabib knows that he's not gonna win the press conference he's not gonna try to He's not going to waste energy trying to win that, as opposed to these other fighters that are like, millions of people are going to watch this, so I need to win this press conference because my ego. Yeah. Habib's ego isn't such where he has to worry about that. He that's like he's a fighter, true and true. Uh, having said that, I I mean, I think you you brought something up uh, stylistically, which is going to play. In this fight, which is that Habib rushes forward, his confidence has—he's uh, never been knocked out, he's never been dropped. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any reason to fear rushing in like that, like the way he did against Bar- uh, Edson Barbosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had no fear. The, the, okay, so I'm, I was actually going to bring that up too, but continue. So, but it's like that's like what you said. Like sometimes confidence can be a fucking problem, right? Yeah. I think that his—that he's never been hit by a. By somebody like Connor, like Barbosa, even didn't land on him clean or flush, so we don't know if he can actually take the shot. It's not like it's not like Barbosa like landed something that was like true and flush that would have knocked anybody else out. It's and then that, it's like true. Habib just like walked through it. It's very true. It's not like that. It's just Habib's pressure and movement, like and his movement isn't even that great in my it's opinion. It's Really not. It's really not, dude. Like uh, sports fans, like if you if you study this game and you watch like true movement like head movement and leg movement like tj dillashaw or conor mcgregor's oh my god dude his movement in space is fantastic uh demetrius johnson his movement like if you study like some of the best fucking fighters in my opinion in terms of like striking and movement and distance uh khabib's if you watch him like shadow box and like and just in general if you just watch his hands go Mm -hmm. and his and his footwork yeah he's he is not on the level that Connor's going to be at in terms of like striking, striking, and yeah. just 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 movement is what movement, I'm saying. Like yeah. understanding the space in the octagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, fair, man. Definitely oh, fair. It, it's I, I see Connor dancing around Habib and being able to pick his shots, and Habib just kind of like pressing forward like a drunken girl trying to find you know their fucking you know cash cow. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's a great comparison there. <laughs> exactly how I see it, dude. Yeah. Um, no, no, you're, you're right about that, man. Like my my whole thing with Khabib is that um, just to kind of play devil's advocate with that is that yes, um, 
Connor, his movement and his understanding of range and just being able to come in and out of striking range and just giving that false illusion that he's just at the distance where he can't hit you and he takes a slight, subtle step to his right because he's southpaw and all of a sudden you're eating his left fist. You know what I mean? Like, I I get that. But one thing that I will say that Khabib does have is that he has... Not only like the, obviously like the skill set he's been grappling his entire life and fighting and he's undefeated, but he also has a great camp behind him, aka AKK. aka <laughs> has been. <laughs> you, you, uh, I don't know why I did that. He has a great camp behind him. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta get this in. I know it. Um, they uh, they've produced, including Khabib, they they've produced two champ, uh, four champions. Four. Four, four champions, one of which is a two-division champ, Daniel Cormier. DC. Um, also, um, because of that, whatever formula they have, and I know th- this, this is on that embedded video as well that we watched, um, whatever formula they have to get their fighters ready, it tends to work, man. Like, Khabib said it right. He's like, yo, like, clearly what we're doing is, is good because... This, this gym has created... This this system, this program has created four UFC champions. Yeah. I, I think there's something right to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, wow, that's actually a really good that's, fucking argument. That's a great that's argument. a great argument. It's a great... I mean, who... Uh, Kane, what is it? Kane, Kane, who are the four? Kane Velasquez. Luke Rockhold. Luke Rock... Thank you. Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier. And Khabib. Oh, he's counting himself. Yeah, so I'm saying, I, but uh, here's you the if, count if, if you want to, not a UFC champion. As a fighter, you shouldn't count. You should be like, this system works because it created four other champions. Yeah. It's like, no, you're that's one fair. of those motherfuckers. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but three other. But think about it. You have the heavyweight, you have two of the heavyweight champions, right. light heavyweight, middleweight. Potentially a goat. Potentially. And then also BJ Penn was originally with AKA. Was he? He was when he first started his career. Dude. Was with the AKA. Audience, this is um, why Derek Lee <laughs> yeah. Ramsey so, is the fucking truth when it comes dude, to mixed martial arts. <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, BJ Penn was originally with AKA when he first started. I'm not saying he won the title, the UFC title under AKA, but when he first started his UFC career and jujitsu and all that, like really going out and doing the fighting as like a profession, yeah. he was with AKA. Um, uh, Frank Shamrock was also with AKA when they first started. Kung Lee, I mean, not, not so many people know who Kung Lee is. With AKA, <laughs> the audience is going to be like Chung Lee, like Kung Lee. No Kung, uh, yeah, Kung Lee. Kung, yeah, right. Another uh, Strike Force lightweight champion, Josh the Punk Thompson, who is still relevant to this day. Another uh, a champion. Uh, you have um, John Fitch, who I mean, yes, he was a number two welterweight champion of the world. Do you hear this knowledge being for a long dropped? time? Uh, a Josh Koscheck. Everyone knows Josh Koscheck. Back when he was in his prime, he o- his if, only losses were to really George St. Pierre. I don't know if everybody knows Josh Koscheck. Yeah, they, they should. If you don't, now the, you know. That's the bleach-haired guy, right? Yeah, bleach-haired guy. Like, you know, a fantastic champion. I mean, AKA has produced some savages in the ring, for sure. Um, uh, Mike Quickswick, you know what I mean? Like, he was a top five, top ten uh, top top five, top ten uh, middleweight, top five welterweight for a long time. Um, there, there are a lot of guys that, that come out of AKA. So, uh, with that being said, I think if there's anyone that knows how to prepare Khabib in order to take on a challenge as far as Conor McGregor's movement and his striking and his, his ability to close close the distance and land his strikes and get out of distance before Khabib can shoot in for uh, for a single leg takedown or even go in for the clinch to take him down. I think it's 
um, Javier Mendez, who is their striking coach, and Bob Cook, who is their MMA coach. And you're probably going to have Daniel Cormier in there as well. Um, I know Daniel Cormier is going to be in, in, his, uh, in his corner. I know that for a fact. And you're going to have these three masterminds coaching Khabib against arguably one of the greatest UFC fighters in Conor McGregor. So Conor has, you know, he has, he's got some hurdles to cross. Who do you think has the better coaching in this? Because I know you're, I know personally you're AKA, on paper, like, personally on paper, I would say AKA only because, uh, uh, SMG, is that right? Like, uh, is that the name of Connor's? The Kavanaugh. I'm just thinking about Kavanaugh, Coach okay. Kavanaugh. Outside of Conor McGregor, what other UFC champions have they produced? You're saying that you're, you're not a believer on Artem That was fucking. That was legit, dude. That was fucking really good. Um, Artem Lobov, if you ever listen to this episode, I have. I mean, no disrespect. Fuck off. You're not even good at fighting. (laughs) Knock you out, motherfucker. I love how you said it. You telling me you're not a believer of Artem Lobov? That could not not have been better, dude. Artem, you guys think that Artem's gonna go for the gold, bro, in 2019? Oh my God! Oh, how dare you, dude? Connor's gonna fucking fly a jet full of 40 people over here. Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> that's fucking that's comedic gold, sir. You, I tip my hat to you if I was wearing a hat. I'm here to help. So here that was help. fucking good, man. That was really good. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I don't think Artem Lobov is ever good. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah. So on paper, I think AKA is the better camp okay. only because they produce more champions. That's all. If you would, if if you would have said to me, <laughs> who's so I, laughing at that comedy? That was fucking the, good. Who do I think has the better coaching? If you would have just said, I have two words for you, Artem Lobov. <laughs> oh, just died laughing. <laughs> Same thing. Same sort of scenario. Dude, that was fucking good though, man. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, so again, that, that's why that's why it's, it's such a close thing. Again, like yeah, the coaches are in there fighting. No, but they are the ones that know how to motivate their fighter. They're, they're the yeah. ones that are outside looking in. Know they they know how to give Khabib those minor adjustments in order to either secure the takedown or stay away from that left hand. Like you never know. Like it's a, it's a crazy thing. I truly think that that coaching doesn't get enough credit in the fight game. Oh my god, Mike, can you please elaborate? I I just I really just don't, dude. I I, I feel like so there there's there's a nine week fucking fight camp that that leads up to these things, and it's like there's all these preparation, there's all this film study, there's you know. All, all, like which drills you're gonna do, what's your game plan going into the fight? All that comes from the fucking coach, and it's like whenever the whenever the I mean a lot of the fighters when they do win they'll they'll they will give the credit to the you know to the camp and to the game plan and everything like that. Connor, in my opinion, does a really good job of, of giving the credit, you know, sending it up the flagpole. But I just think in general, uh, it, it's a very underappreciated element of the fight game, where, you know. These fighters pretty much completely submit to these coaches. They, they, they go, okay, do I... Everything, like their whole game plan about how they're going to try to finish this fight is all implemented by the coach. They're literally like the puppet masters of these guys. And I just don't think that they get enough credit, man. Because, like I said, they are the, they're the chess players. And like the fighters are practically just chess pieces. And... Uh, 
you know you don't you don't blame the chess pieces uh, when you lose a game of chess. You blame the, true. the people strategizing. It's very true, man. It's and very it's very like, true. It's like if, if you go in and, and in between rounds and, and you say, hey, you know, look, and the guy's coming with that that lead left, or, or he's you know watch out for that counter left hook or whatever it is, and the next time that he throws it, do X, Y, and Z, and then you as a fighter implement X, Y, and Z, and that gets you knocked mm-hmm. out. Is that really that you're a bad fighter, or is that that you just had a fucking shitty-ass coach that doesn't know how to play chess? It's a combination of the two, that's for sure, man. That's for sure. I mean, uh, dude, you know what? Here's the thing. Like, um, Just to, to go back to the original question, who do I think has a better camp? Um, uh, uh, Kavanaugh, right? How, how do you say Kavanaugh. Coach Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Ka- yeah. Kavanaugh, right? Okay, so Coach Kavanaugh. Nah, he, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say nah. Oh. <laughs> well, Jesus thinking, Christ, Michael. I was just thinking, I was like, his last name literally says nah. <laughs> it does. No, it's uh, like so, Kavanaugh. So, so Coach Kavanaugh, he, uh, he has, again, the one fighter that stands out, obviously, is Connor. His golden news. This guy, not only does he stand out, but he understands fighting in a way that most people are trying to catch up to. So uh, he has okay, so I, I watch uh-huh. a I, I watch a small little video snippet of their of their camp and they when they when they talk about boxing, um, uh, uh, Coach Kavanaugh, he was saying that he doesn't believe in boxing when it comes to like the the, the bouncing steps. He doesn't believe that you need to bounce and like do the, like this subtle like little like um, waste of energy. Waste of energy. So um, he believes in subtle, subtle uh, steps, small sliding steps into getting yourself in a position to strike. Because not only does that does bouncing waste energy, but subtle steps uh, 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 gives your opponent the illusion that you're still in the exact same spot that you were originally. So if I'm standing six inches away from you and I'm trying to punch your face, but my arm isn't isn't long enough to hit your face but while I'm punching you I'm making you think that my arm is not long enough to punch you in the uh, to punch you in the nose right but in that moment I take a subtle a very subtle super subtle. two inch uh, a step a two inch slide step to my to my left now all of a sudden not only is my hand long enough to hit you but it's long enough to hit you to where I can drive through further if I need to to really deliver that 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 power shot in order to put you away. So it's those small understandings that really does separate Coach Kavanaugh and, from other coaches. So a, I'm, I don't think I'm giving him enough credit is really what I'm saying. Like he's a great coach. I just don't think camp-wise, I don't think his camp is as successful as AKA. So – so uh, with all that being said, I, I, I do think Khabib beats Connor in the sense of camps. Like they have a super camp, they have a better camp than him. I also think Khabib beats Connor in conditioning. Um, I, I agree. I, yeah, in conditioning, like like Khabib doesn't seem like he ever gets tired, mainly because he's fighting at his own pace. But his pace is his pace is gnarly. He's like a miniature version of Daniel Cormier or Cain Velasquez. He's like that yeah. pressure fighter, pressure. except Daniel and Cain both have better stand up. They, they they look more polished. Khabib striking is very 
where would you? It's like amateur at best. In terms of their striking, where where do you rank those three in terms of like one, two, and three in terms of their striking? I think Kane Velasquez is better striking. So uh, it's a Kane one, Kane, Daniel, Daniel, and then Khabib. Khabib. Okay, that's how I have it. Too. Yeah, and then if I had if you want to throw in Luke Rockhold, I would say Kane, Luke Rockhold. No, you don't think so? No. So Kane, Daniel, Luke, no, Khabib. Come on, come you on still there. have Luke underneath Luke, Khabib? No, Luke is the best striker out of all four of those no guys. Way. You know it, and I know no it. No way. Who who can kick better than Luke? Who can who can kickbox better than Kane Velasquez? Luke Rockhold. His hands are shit. <laughs> His kicking's Kane, good. Kane, Kane's boxing. Kane's hands aren't so much better. In my okay, first of all, I'm not gonna tell you that. <laughs> Dude, I'm not I'm saying just... this definitively. I'm saying this as an opinion because <laughs> Derek knows more about Kane, this. No, no, Derek knows thing, more man. about it, this than I do. Here's the thing, though. It's not necessarily like about me knowing more. It's really like what you see. Though, what like, I, if you what see, I see something like here's the thing. You're you're an athlete. You you right. understand when somebody looks stiff or when somebody looks very fluid and like they're comfortable. Totally. Just like on the pitcher's mound, like you've like, you you've literally called out. Yeah, that guy, he's going to outstrike the guy that's at the bat right now because the way he looked at him and the way he did this. Oh, the way, yeah. And then you, you can call it before it even happens. I'm, yeah. Or you can even call a changeup before it even happens. I know. I've been there when you've said it. You called the fucking Cubs winning the World Series two years before it even happened. You said they just got this new coach. He has a great track record. If they don't win this year, they'll definitely win next year. The world, the world, they're gonna win the World, world Series. series. Did the, I say World Cup or World no, Series? No, you said World Series. Okay, cool. I but like, sure. yeah, I called. Yeah, you I called. Pre- it. I predicted the end of the Cubs draft. So you, th- so based off of that, man, you you have an eye. You have an eye Thank on you. seeing things. Thank so you. just because I know more about the history of no, MMA, well, know, but doesn't gotta... mean that you can't say. This person's a better striker well, than Luke that Well, Luke Rockhold person. is definitely a better striker than Campbell. And I still disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and I still disagree. <laughs> yeah, you, you can be wrong. So, yeah. so we'll, but we'll leave it at that. No, it's also, I mean, here's the other thing about that is like, uh, he, Kane Velasquez is a Also, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to get that on record. Uh, Mike Gilman did call the Cubs I winning the World that. Series. And I'm a fucking true witness of that. I was like, no, really? You think I should bet a dollar? Derek, bet a dollar on it. Next time, like, bet a dollar. Yeah, next time, I'll definitely bet a fucking dollar. Because I might have been a thousand air right now. Ah, uh, dude. Easy. Easily easy. a thousand air. Uh, yeah. Turn a dollar into $10,000? Fuck, dude. And even when the Cubs were down, like, I think 3 nothing in that series, I was like, dude, yeah. I remember that. Uh, you were doing that based off of knowledge. Uh, my boy, Matt Roadhouse Rodick, was basing that off of just faith. He was, he, <laughs> no, he was done. I was the one giving him some faith. If no I remember. way. Remember? Oh, God. Well, I don't, I don't, not, I don't remember saying, that. I'm not going to say like 100% yeah. like I was his only faith. Yeah. But like he was down. Yeah, Roadhouse, was, love you, bro. I love you too, Matt. Shout I'm, out. I, yeah. But, shout out to my boy Roadhouse Rodick. But he was like, dude, JD. Also, shout out JD. <laughs> Other boy, love you. But he was like, dude, uh, JD. Shout out John Bowler. Fucking love you, bro. John fucking. Bowler? Who the fuck is that? Matt's uh, uh, fucking roommate. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> also, a big Cubs fan. John Bowler, love you, bro. I didn't fucking know shout out to you. Name. I knew it was John. John, there you go. Well, I'm just going to backpedal out of this one. But, it's all uh, good. But you were saying, uh, uh, Josh, uh, you were you but were Matty, giving... Matty, they were down 3 nothing, and he go and I was trying to like reassure him, and I was like, dude, I'm telling you, like crazier things have happened. Uh, and he was like, dude, never in the history of the World Series or whatever, or Major League Playoffs, it's only happened like four times in all Major League sports. And I was like, yeah, but it just happened. And uh, I'm telling you right now, the Cubs are going to win this whole fucking thing. And... 
sure shit fire they did. And uh, sorry, Josh. You're welcome, Matt. Well, there you go, man. Either way, the Cubs won. Mike, Mike was right, and I am a, a witness to that. Um, but going back to the, my original point, Mike has an eye. So if he tells me that you know so-and-so is a better striker, I, I can't completely discredit that. I just have to be like, well, you know what? I disagree. I don't like, think I, he is. I saw that Bisbing I think, fight. Yeah. Bullshit. He did get – Bisbing did fucking knock him out. Bisbing did clip um, uh, But I think – I personally think Cain Velasquez, out of, the, out of the four champions, is a better striker. Um, but also, I th- also think he's a better pure mixed martial artist, as in he's better at putting his striking together into his takedowns. Khabib probably is the worst at that. Um, Khabib's boxing – is very um, amateur. He's really good at the one twos, like like as a jab, straight right hand, um, into a very sloppy takedown. Where he's strong at, though, where he's strong at, though, is the moment he grabs a hold of your leg. If he gets a hold of you, that that's where he's good. Do Do you think that? The, all right. So here for me, this is the whole fight. In my opinion, this is the entire fucking fight. Can Khabib close the distance on Connor to grab him? Which is what first he's round? Do. Yes. Well, well, that's what he's going to do in the first round. Yeah, he even first said round, it. absolutely. First round, he I is, see him taking Connor t- down multiple times. Do you think that he can close that distance? Do you think Connor, especially all right, so both fighters know what's going to happen in yeah. this fight. Both Here's fighters the, know that, that the Habib is going to try to take Connor down. We're fucking, we're getting into it, bro. Let's do it. But yes. like, but both of these fighters are super cerebral, right? They're <clears> smart. Yes. They both know that Habib's going to try to come out and charge Connor and try to take yeah. him down. Yeah. Especially in the first round, he's going to try to tire him out. Yeah, we all know that. Mm-hmm. Is Connor knows that? Mm-hmm. It, I'd have to think that Connor is smart enough to game plan for that and to have a strategy to say knock him out on the way in. Mm-hmm. Now, in my opinion, it's going to come down to like, does Connor have enough power to knock out Khabib if he lands? I do believe Connor will land flush in the first round. I believe in Connor's footwork. And I believe on Khabib's confidence, like you mentioned earlier, on the ability to not be knocked out and on, on the reliance of his chin, mm-hmm. I believe that he's going to rush in and, and give an opening to Connor to hit. I believe Connor will strike Habib in the first round. Now, the question for me is, is that strike going to knock him out or not? Because if it doesn't, I don't think so. Habib's going to get a hold of him. I, I don't, I don't, th- I think Connor is. I truly believe Connor is not going to land flush in the first round. I okay. I, I, I mean, but why, I, I, I'm but, saying that's that. That's fine. I, hey, and why, I'll tell you what. That's I'll tell you I, what. I knew you would. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the beers are flowing. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. Okay. So the reason why I believe Connor will not land flush in the first round is because I believe Khabib is going to do a. He's going to. He's going to. He's going to. Um, He's gonna have a different approach towards fighting Connor that he than he would against uh, someone like an Edson Barbosa. So Edson Barbosa is primarily a kicker. So what's the best way to nullify somebody from kicking? To get close. Yes. Or but- to, to to get out. Well, like kicking is at a range of like you know four or five feet or whatever it is. I'm uh-huh. just giving numbers. Yeah. Say three three to four feet. Yes. If you can get with in that, if you can get within two yes. feet, you nullify the power of the kick. It's definitely, a, it's, it's definitely a, uh, it's, it's definitely a, um, it's a, it's, it's two things. 
Okay. You definitely hit it on the nose. Okay. Yes, that's one of the things. But another thing is a placement of the foot. The the I'm sorry, the the uh, the, the distribution of the weight based off of where your feet are. Okay. So in order to kick somebody, you want to be on your heel. Or do you want to be on your toes? I would imagine toes. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not a just like <laughs> just okay. Better yet, for uh, the baseball players, when you're throwing a fat or you're throwing a pitch. Would you rather be on your heel or on your toes? Toes. Toes. So, sa- yeah. Same thing. Athletic same thing with the position. kick. Athletic position. Exactly. That that's the whole key of this. So in order to land a powerful kick, you want to be on your toes. What's the best way to nullify somebody outside of the the range? Mm-hmm. That is a kicker. You want to get them on their heels. Yeah, get them so, going backwards. So they can't. So they can't kick. So Khabib was constantly pressuring. Barboza, like a madman, because he knew Barboza can't kick going backwards. He can, but it's not going to be as effective. And not only by by not as effective, I mean not as much power. Right. But also, he's going to be able to see that coming because Barboza is going to have to really set himself up. It's just like you trying to throw a fastball walking backwards. You're going to have to stop, plant your feet, and then throw. Yeah, then come it, as opposed to walking forward. Planting your feet and then throwing it forward. Right. You see what I'm saying? Totally, totally. So, so, so Khabib understands that. So Khabib understood if I get this guy going backwards, I don't have to worry about his boxing because who is he really knocked out with his hands? Nobody. Nobody. He, his hands but who is he knocked out are, with his feet? Everybody. Everybody. Well, most everybody. Well, that so, spinning back kick is that's one, like of, is one of a savage. Kind. I mean, he stopped two professional, two people in the UFC via leg kicks. So if that doesn't Nasty. give you... If that doesn't give you somewhat of an idea of how hard of a kick he can throw when his when he has proper uh, a foot placement. If he, I don't know what will. I, I'm not. I'm pretty arrogant. And I know that one of his leg kicks would probably destroy me. And but I, me too. Me too. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And Absolutely. Like, me too. I'm Even if I checked it, it probably would still fuck me up. If I checked it, it would probably go through my fucking shin bone. <laughs> dude. Like, probably cause I, cause me I too. Because I don't, I, you know, I don't train or anything like that. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, if, yeah, I were to, if I put up dude, my cat. Totally fine. Totally fine. In my shin and yeah. my motherfucker. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, just going back to my original point. So uh, when Khabib fought Barbosa, he was pressing forward because he understood I got to get this guy going backwards. Because if I get him going backwards, there's a better chance of me not being kicked by one of those fucking crazy leg kicks, right? Or even the, a head kick. But Connor's a different story. Connor doesn't. He doesn't. I mean, he throws he little kicks. He, he, barely, he doesn't like to kick. Though. He's more of like a front kicker to get you winded. But even then, he doesn't. He's like more of a puncher. He's like, I'm gonna knock you out with my left hand because that's my money shot. Like that's, that's a, the, that is that that's like that's where I made millions of dollars. Literally, he's made millions of dollars off his left hand. Um, anyways, so I believe Khabib's gonna go into this fight with a little bit different, a little bit more of a different approach. He's not gonna be going as forward. I I believe. Khabib's going to go out there. He's going to try to box Connor, Not box him in the sense of like, I'm going to stay in the pocket and box with you. Right. But more so, I'm going to stay in my range where I know I'm comfortable. But I'm going to get you thinking about my takedown because I'm constantly going to be changing levels. By changing levels, I mean going from like, from stand-up down to I'm going for your legs, back to stand-up, like and vice a, versa. Like a, almost a fake takedown? Almost like a fake takedown. And then his goal, I believe, his, his best... His best takedowns have always been against the fence. When he, where he presses, where he he presses, presses up against. The moment he gets you against the fence, I think, again, I could be wrong on this, but I think his uh, takedown uh, percentage rate goes up 15 to 20%. See, that's what I see happening, especially in the first round, mm-hmm. is I see uh, Habib 
just almost blitzing him. Not like you pushing know, him against the fence. But I see him exactly because Connor maybe not is going to back up, but he's going to probably try to circle. But if Khabib is relentless with his pressure, which is what I think he's going to do, especially in the first, he's going to try to back Connor up against the fence and grab a hold of him. And if he gets a hold of Connor, he's going to take him down. We, in my opinion, Khabib is one of the strongest fucking men at that division. And the same way that like Connor hits harder than anybody in that division or anybody at that weight, Habib is stronger in terms of grip and grappling than anybody at that division. So it's like whichever one of those people gets to implement their game plan first is going to be the person that kind of dominates. So it's like if Habib gets a hold of Connor, Connor's going down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I kind of think that Connor's movement is such, and he's also faced these styles of fighters before where it's like, yeah, I fought fucking wrestlers before. I know that they're going to try to take me down. I know that they're going to fucking, you know, try to fucking grapple it out on the fence. But I'm going to knock you the fuck out before that. And that's what I see happening, dude. I, I truly do. I, I see fucking, honestly, like, maybe not not like Jose Aldo status where it's like 13 seconds because I, I give Habib a little bit more credit in terms of, like, cerebralness and, like, mm-hmm. fighter IQ. But I, I think that Habib's only way to win is to get Connor down. Yeah. That's his only fucking way to win. That's fair. And I just think that Connor is such a smart fighter that he knows that. Habib knows that. He's I oh, dude, it, for me it's it's like so plain to see that it's like Connor's going to end him like in the second half of the first round or the first half of the second round. You think so? I, I dude, I I see it. That's dude. Hey man, if you see that, you see man. Almost, I just, almost um, as much as I see that uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Derek Lewis fucking uh, what's his name fight ending in the under that went to the decision that ended up being the worst heavyweight fight of all time oh Francis uh, Ngannou Francis Ngannou Derek Lewis I knew I saw that fight was going to end in the first round but uh, here's the thing man Um, so I've been wrong before I could be wrong again yeah so here's here's my thing man is like I think I think Connor understands range and Khabib also understands range because Khabib okay so Connor understands range in the sense of I know I can punch you when you're uh, this close to the um, to my uh, to my to my right jab if, if I can barely touch you with my right jab I know for sure I can hit you with my left hand because uh, Connor's a southpaw Khabib understands the same range in the sense that I know if I can jab you with my uh, left hand because he's orthodox I know if I can jab you with my left hand I know I can shoot in for a takedown very quickly and I can not only get your um, your uh, your lead leg but I can also secure the right side or left side of your body with a uh, with, 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 with the clinch so with all that being said I think it's going to be a combination of Khabib being very cautious when he goes in for the takedown and being very aware that Connor is either A, going to just worry about the takedown, or B, worry about trying to clip Khabib while he's coming in. And I think Khabib understands that, listen, if I'm going to be aggressive, I have to be very calculated with my aggression. I can't just rush in with the takedown. Because the moment I rush in with the takedown, I'm going to leave myself open for a uh, for a potential counter shot. The moment I leave myself open for a counter shot, 
all it takes is one shot from Connor to get to you know to put you away. So I the, the way I see the first round going down is Khabib kind of circling, throwing throwing some jabs, faking the takedown, but eventually circling in a way where he can get Connor against the fence. The mo- because every opponent that Connor has ever faced, including Nate Diaz those two times, including Chad Mendez, who is a 145-pound champion, I'm sorry, 145-pound cha- uh, challenger, challenger, and then also, let's not forget, he's also three inches shorter than uh, Connor McGregor. Three inches shorter. Wait, um, Mendez? Mendez is three right. inches shorter okay. than, uh, than Conor McGregor. And also, let's not forget that he has fought um, Chad Mendez, Jose Aldo. Well, ho- let's not count Jose Aldo because that was 13 but, seconds. But, but, you, you but can't, in, you but can't reality, really take you much kinda, out of that. But you can, out, though. Outside of timing. You, you, you can take timing out of that. Who, who over the last 12 years has beaten Jose Aldo besides Conor McGregor and Max Holloway? Okay, so... I'm not going to credit. Uh, yes, uh, Connor obviously, and well, Connor I, deserves all the credit in the world. But the only, the only out that I give on that, the reason why I'm not counting that, is that Connor not only beat him via skill and timing, but he also beat him via mental warfare. Personally, right, personally, fair. personally, um, I don't think Khabib. I don't think Khabib is as susceptible to mental warfare as much as Jose Aldo was. The only reason being is that. Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor went on a world tour twice, pretty much twice, and that's like seven months of traveling with a guy that's talking shit to you the whole way. A lot of buildup. It's a lot of buildup. Khabib's only dealt with Conor in person once in that press conference that happened a week ago. So right. again, a little bit different. But um, again, do you set that side of fight? Uh, okay, uh, let's go ahead and count that fight. Let's just say Conor's ability to judge distance and timing in that one. But more so, um, so we'll say Chad Mendes, Jose Aldo, and uh, uh, Nate Diaz and Eddie Alvarez. Three of those four guys have been able to put Connor against the fence in the first round. So Chad Mendes, Wait, which three? Chad Mendes, uh, Chad Mendes, Mendes Nate Diaz. Diaz, and Eddie Alvarez all oh, yeah. all put Connor against the fence. But yes, uh, Alvarez got dropped. But I think that's because Alvarez overextended and, and it was a battle of patience. I think Alvarez got too impatient and wanted to rush and then he got clipped as opposed to being like I'm going to be calm, I'm going to wait for the timing. I think right. Connor was more like yo, come and hit me dude. Like, like I, come in here, I, come in here and hit me. I'm sorry, I don't mean to, to jump in. but no, dude, I, please I, jump you in. Just, you just inspired me in terms of like what I, what I really feel about this fight which is like you just talked about a battle of patience, right? So in this scenario, it's like both fighters have such skills, right? Uh, it's like which one is going to be patient enough in the moment to implement them. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a big storyline for this fight. It's like, is Connor going to wait for that right moment to, to, to land the shot? Uh, and is he going to overextend and maybe make himself susceptible to the takedown? Or is Habib going to get a little too aggressive and shoot for the takedown in an in a improper spot? Uh, and get knocked out because of it. So mm-hmm. I think that what you what you just said there in terms of like the patience game, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a big factor in this fight. And if I'm being honest about it, I think that Connor, with more experience in these bigger fights and with more experience in this scenario, uh, with the crowd and the main event and all that stuff, I think he'll show a little bit more patience uh, in this scenario. Uh, which I think is a factor, which is another reason why I think, like, eventually in the first round, I think Habib is going to make himself vulnerable. 
and yeah, I think Honda's going to capitalize. I really hope. Uh, I, I mean, here's the thing. Okay, so before before anything else, man, um, based off of what you just said, uh, uh, based off what you, what you just said, I really don't want Connor to starch Khabib in the first round, only because. I've been wanting this fight for so long yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I want to see more than just a five-minute fight. I yeah, want to see dude, at but, least two or three rounds. But, but again, based off my my opinion, and again, you all know I'm picking Conor McGregor. No fucking secret there. In what round? But I'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> I'm going to pry it out of you. I'll fucking I'm get there, pry it out of you, I'm dude. almost there, bro. I'm almost there, but almost not yet. Almost got him, audience. Almost there. So, again, so just, just going back. Um... Yes, it is based off of a game of, of, of uh, patience. So I think, I truly believe Conor McGregor is going to have, uh, I think Conor is a little bit too invested in this only because Artem Lobov, who you mentioned earlier, fair, fair, got, fair. got invested and he got slapped by Khabib and this and that. And then Conor came out and then the whole Dolly incident where he threw the Dolly in the bus window, whatever, right? Do you think that Conor's rattled basically I think, like the way that he rattles I think other Connor, people? I, think, I don't think Conor's rattled because I think he's too seasoned for that, being honest. I think Conor is emotionally invested more so than he has been in any other fight. Which has usually been bad for the other fighters, right? Like How when, so, though? When, was, when, when Aldo was emotional, like normally when Aldo defended his title. Oh, I see. I, I thought you meant as in like it's bad for the opponent as opposed to Conor McGregor. No, no. I think this is bad for Conor. Yes, I agree. I agree. Which I, is I think also that's why one of the arguments that it's bad for Conor because I think Conor's going to come like, out, dude. I think Conor's going to come out and try to start him in the first round because he, he, he wants to. He wants to. I think he wants to. Because he, he, he knows in his mind, but he subtly predicted it too. But he also said that I'm going to be prepared for five. Yes, but that was an afterthought. See what I'm saying? But but, it's, he, but it's almost it was like an, an immediate. Out. It was a, but it was an immediate in the press yeah. conference where he goes, yeah. "Do you have an opinion? Do you have a prediction?" And he goes, "I see myself finishing him in the first. And then as soon as he said that, like pretty immediately, bro, yeah. he goes, "But I've been wrong before." Yeah. And I will be. Perf- I'm a veteran now, and I will be prepared for five. I think it's. I, I believe I, him. I, I I do too. I do too. But my my, my whole thing, Mike, it, with that is, um, I think Connor. Yes, is Connor is Connor rattled? Yes, I, I, I agree. Think he, I think he is rattled. I think he's but, the one that's emotionally invested in yes, this fight. Like the yes. way that he gets his opponents to be emotionally invested. Yes, in which the fight. is going to go into the next topic about what we watched the video before we even started right. anything. So. Yes, I think Connor's invested. I think Connor is going into this with a mindset of like, I want to fuck this dude up. Do you think that's a good about. or a bad thing? I think it's a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing too. I think so too. But I don't think that's gonna. I think that's gonna prolong the inevit- the the, inevi- the inevitability of Connor eventually winning. And again, I'll get there. I'll get why I think that. You're such but- a tease, Derek. <laughs> I'm so good at it. I'm gonna um, get there. <laughs> but here's the thing. God damn it, just get there. <laughs> Tell me. It's worth the wait. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, so like what I'm saying is, is that, listen, I think Connor is going to go into that first round with the mindset of like, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to land my left hand of fucking the, the, the touch of death, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put Khabib away. And Khabib understands this. That's why Khabib had people like Luke Rockhold come out and spar with him. Middleweight Southpaw. But you don't even think, on your record. You don't even think Luke Rockhold's the best spar or the best striker in AKA. But on your on record, my record, he is. is the best fucking striker. So, 
<laughs> Dude, take it for what you will, gentlemen. Take it for what you will. All right. All right. All right. So, uh, put so, my ego against me. <laughs> so it wins every time. <laughs> Touche on that one. That was nice. good. Um, so, like, what I'm saying is that I think Khabib is um, he's smart enough to survive the first round, which is on paper the most dangerous round for, against Connor. I think for both right? of these I think for both of these fighters that first round is super important. No, dude, no. no you no. think so? I, I think so. I think for percentage wise, I think, think it's more so for Connor though, right? Because Connor know, man, I don't know because if Connor, Connor lands more damage here, in the first the round thing. than most of the fighters. Here's the thing about the first round is is it is Khabib going to take him down or is or is it going to be standing the entire time for 5 minutes? Whatever fighter implements their strategy, I think is a huge win for the rest of the fight. Now, Khabib could technically like keep it standing for the first round and still make it a win because as long as he doesn't get damaged, because he could just say like, "Oh, I'm draining energy from Connor." Uh huh. So there is an outlet for that, uh, where you can say like, "Okay, there's a 10 percent thing that like if it stays standing, that Khabib still has a chance, and that was a game plan." But if Connor gets taken down and gets kind of like ragdolled in that first round, dude, like the fight's fucking over. Like I think we all feel that way. Where Connor's best chance and only chance is to keep it standing, and Habib's best chance and only chance is to take the goddamn fight to the ground. So it's like whichever fighter can implement their will is gonna fucking be the the winner in this one. And it's also that first round is gonna be a microcosm of the entire fight and or. Like, even if, say, say Habib takes Connor down in the first minute, dude, I could see that fight being over in the first round, too, for Habib. No, no problem. Yeah. Connor doesn't have the type of will, in my opinion, where he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to get embarrassed for the next four and a half minutes. No. He'll, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, my, my whole thing with that is, like, listen, uh, Connor. Connor's promoting whiskey at this point. Yeah, no, the, the he is, The amount of money man, that he's he going to make, he's a money guy. The amount of money that he's going to make in this promotion of whiskey is far superior to any Yeah, but I fight. also don't think Connor is the kind of person to come out of retirement. He's not going to lose. Exactly. Like, he's not going to come out and be like, look, kick my ass so I can promote my whiskey. He's not going to do that. He's not that guy. Because you know what that does? It hurts his image. It hurts the brand. It hurts too. the it brand. Hurts, it hurts the whiskey. I was going to say, if it hurts the image, it hurts the brand. So, Science. Yes. So, my, my whole thing is like, Connor knows, okay, in my opinion, Khabib knows, listen, Connor's best chance on paper to hurt me is in the first round. Because he's fresh. He hits the hardest when you're fresh. Everyone is strong in that first minute. Right. Everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a white belt in jiu-jitsu. Uh, okay. No. No, you, look, hear me out. If you're a white belt in jiu-jitsu against a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, that first minute, the blue belt's probably not going to submit you. But what if your name is uh, CM Punk? Then you got professional wrestling as your resume, in which case professional wrestling is real, and uh, that trumps everything. <laughs> All bullshit. All bullshit. I just had to throw a little wrench in there. I'm All sorry. bullshit. Okay, so uh, the point that I'm trying to make is that um, Khabib is a kind of person that understands, listen, Connor's best chances of winning, including his coaches, because I believe his coaches are smart. The coaches of all uh, their Bob commentary. Bob Cook, Javier Mendez, they're all like, hey, Connor's best chances of beating you is in the first round. So as long as you be careful and you let him come to you and you shoot, it, you shoot in for a takedown at the right time, you box with him 
at the right time. And when you have him against the fence, you make sure that you have him secure to where if he escapes, he at least worked for it. Because I believe Khabib knows my conditioning can outlast Connor. So if I can make him work more, it's not gonna it's not gonna affect me negatively. It's gonna affect Connor negatively. So I think Khabib gets out of that first round fairly unscathed. My opinion. My opinion. That's I think Khabib okay. comes out of that first round. I think that first round we're gonna hear a lot of boos. I can see that. I, I, I a think lot of, a lot of feeling each other out. Uh, yeah. A lot of like I, I I'm truly not believe to make that, that first round, everyone's gonna be on the edge well, of their they, seats. They know what's on the line and, too. You know what dude, I mean? Like there's so much on the line. Exactly. For both you fighters. think you think I want to risk me getting knocked out just so you can get some excitement? No, yeah, fuck gonna, that. I'm not gonna ruin my undefeated record just yeah. just for. You've, I've gone for this the far just to, exactly. Fuck exactly. That, dude. So I think in that first round we're gonna hear some boos. We're gonna have some people, you know, we're gonna have them filling each other out. I think Connor's gonna get to. It's gonna come down to who's more patient than the other person. I, I agree think with Connor. You. I think Connor's gonna be like, "Hey man, I'm gonna. I gotta make this shit exciting. I gotta come in." And I think Khabib. He's like, I gotta from round, Yeah, exactly. I think. I think. I believe that in the late first round, all through the second, <laughs> all through the second. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you were asking me about one and Tim. I was no, like, oh, no. not yet. <laughs> After the podcast, for sure. Um, I think Khabib, late in the first round, all of the second round, I think Khabib is going to, with all due respect to any Conor McGregor fans, including myself, I think Khabib is going to completely maul Conor McGregor. I think he's going to... How dare you... <laughs> I think he's going to take Connor down. I think he's going to do exactly what we saw him do against uh, Michael Johnson, against um, Ally Quinta, against fucking Rafael Dos Anjos, against. Uh, Quinta stuffed a bunch of takedowns, though. He did in the later rounds. And that goes into my <laughs> prediction. So I'm happy you said that. You're welcome. Spoiler alert. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I believe um, Khabib is definitely going to figure out a way to get Connor down. He's going to beat him up. Now. This is where I'm happy Mike said that because it's actually exactly where I was going to start going towards Connor. Khabib's going to show sheer dominance in the first, in my opinion, the first three rounds. I think Khabib's going to beat up Connor for the first three rounds, but I truly believe Connor has two things on his side. One being the most important thing, and that's mental fortitude. Connor will not quit. He won't. Unless you get him in a rear naked choke. <laughs> but, I was just gonna say, thing. I was like, unless your name is Nate Diaz and you get her naked choke. Here's the thing. Choke. Connor understands he's a smart guy. The moment you have him in a position where you're like, oh, you got me a checkmate, I'm not gonna sit here and just go to sleep. You got me. You got me. I don't Khabib has only, in my to my knowledge, has only submitted one person, and that's Michael Johnson. And that's only late in the third round after he was doing his most damage. His uh, Khabib's biggest weapon is his ground and pound. Ground and pound, yeah. But how many people has he finished because of his ground and pound? None. Nobody. Literally it's nobody. Like, it's like not a good time, but it's not like a. Yeah. It's not like you're gonna tap on his he's ground only, and pound. He's only TKO'd to my knowledge, one or two guys, to my knowledge, and the top five guys, he's done none of that. Edson Barbosa beat the fuck out of him. Didn't TKO him though. Edson never quit. Did he submit him? Nope. His eyes, his eyes said, "I'm done." But besides that, yeah. Outside of that, he just went through the, through like the motions of it. Anyway, right, so, right. so I believe Connor has enough mental fortitude to get himself through it, and 
uh, he also has uh, Dylan Danis, as much as I don't like Dylan Danis, who is a black belt who is, under who is Marcelo Dylan Garcia. Danis? He's a black belt under Marcelo Garcia. He's considered one of the top five um, uh, uh, no gi grapplers in the world. Why don't you like him? Because he's he he tries to be Conor McGregor. He he tries to be Conor. You hear that, bitch? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm I'm sorry, Dylan. Like he 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 bites on Connor's style to the point where it's almost laughable. It's not like I, I get why you're doing it, do all the power to you, but if it looks obvious, then it's not gonna be genuine. If it's not genuine, no one's gonna wanna buy it. It's like if it it's like John Jones in his early career. Nobody liked John Jones because he was too busy trying to be the nice guy. But the moment he was himself, he was an asshole that did cocaine, fucking Wrecked his car, ran people over. All now, of a sudden, people were like, are like, "Everyone's like, yeah, I can get behind this guy because he's being real. He's being he, real. He's a real American." Mike Tyson, great example. <laughs> Fucking savage of a man, biting people's ears off. People are like, "But that's who he is." So he's I'm a gonna watch. Rapey too. Little rapey, and he was convicted, so he did his time. He played his. <laughs> so he did his time. He, I love it. He paid his debts uh, to society. So uh, yes, there you go. Yes. Was that two years or something like that, right? I don't um, know. It was like two I years, know. I think. Uh, anyways, um, yeah. I'm still so hoping to meet Mike Tyson, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Iron Mike Tyson, I'm a fan. Um, anyways, <laughs> so um, so so just going back to my original point, um, uh, uh, Connor, I believe his mental fortitude and his awareness of the ground and positioning. I believe he understands. Hey, if I'm in this position, I'm going to get fucking beat up. I can't be here. I got to keep moving. And I think Connor understands that enough to where he can keep himself alive. It's almost like treading water. I think Connor knows how to tread water long enough to get himself out of rounds two and three. And then he's also going to make it really, he's going to make it really difficult for Khabib to take him down. Because I think in those moments of Khabib going from boxing to trying to shoot in on his legs, take him down. I think Connor's going to do a pretty good job at rattling Khabib's cage, as in landing a couple of shots, really stuffing those takedowns, and really making it difficult. Really making it hard for Khabib to take him down to the mat. Because, and once it hits the mat, I think Connor knows how to get back up. I really do. So I think that those two big things, those two big attributes are going to get Connor through rounds one, two, and three. Now, in the fourth round, this is my prediction. I, I saw your post. In the fourth round, I believe Connor's going to do just enough to get Khabib to believe, to give him the false sense of hope. Like, oh, I got this guy beat. I got his number. He's tired. Connor's not landing the same shots he was landing before. And I think Con- Khabib's going to do the exact same thing that he's done in his last two fights. And that's the one thing that my boy Mike Gilman brought up earlier, where your undefeated record ends up biting you in the ass, where you become too confident in your own skill, where you don't mind your own P's and Q's. Mm -hmm. And that's Khabib saying, you know what? It's round four. I'm already up three rounds. I'm going to box to Connor just to show my fans that I can stand up. Just to show my fans and Connor's fans that I can stand up with the so-and-so best striker at let me, 155. Let me show you this Irish chicken that I can fucking... Yeah, exactly. I get it. And that's the moment Conor McGregor's going to be like... That's I believe that's the moment that Conor McGregor, why he said, I've been wrong before, I'm ready to go five rounds. That's why Conor said it. Because Conor isn't training to knock him out in the first round. Conor's training to knock him out in the fourth or fifth round. Because Conor knows, points game, he's probably going to beat me. 
He's probably going to outgrapple me. He's probably going to beat me up for a little bit. But I know it doesn't matter if he beats me for rounds one to five. All I need is to land that solid left shot in the fifth <coughs> round. That's all I need. Is it? Is it it's so wrong? Put you away. Is it so wrong to think like my vision right now is like pretty assured that Connor's going to like is, is a is a far superior mixed martial artist than Habib. Uh, like when I when I see the two of them like engaging each other or like approaching the pocket, Connor's ability in the pocket or approaching the pocket or as a striker is so much superior to Habib's that it's like, it, like I almost feel like this is going to be an exhibition. Like I almost feel like you you kind of scratched the surface on this t- topic earlier, which is like at range, Connor is vastly better. Oh yeah, there's not a doubt. There's Habib, not a doubt in my mind. Habib has to be able to overcome that deficiency in order to close the gap in order to take him down. Mm-hmm. At some point, Habib is going to have to cross that river or that bridge or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. He's going to have to cross that bridge, and he's going to have to come into Connor's range. Mm-hmm. At some point, he's going to come into where Connor can hit you. At some point. Mm-hmm. First round, second round, doesn't matter. I really trust in Connor's ability to like see that moment and throw and be able to strike and land. And, yeah. And like based on just what I... like, I feel like Habib's... What he depends on is his ability to one not be scared uh-huh. and just press and like not maybe it was a, a strategy because of the kicks and with Barbosa, yeah. But in general, to have the confidence to be able to go forward like that, like yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of fighters facing Barbosa, they would know how to negate kicks, right? But they they don't yeah. have the they don't have the wherewithal or the confidence or the arrogance to press forward like that. I think that with Connor, it's the same thing. Like, you know what you have to do to beat him, right? You have to press him up against the fence. You have to take him down. You have to, to you have to close the range. Yeah. But in order to do that, you leave yourself susceptible to the shot. Now, Habib, in general, has shown a propensity to, like, okay, the strategy that I need to employ, it might, it's dangerous, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. If he does that with Connor. Barbosa didn't land. He's not as accurate. Connor, for all of his, you know, intangibles in terms of like, oh, left-handed power or whatever, his accuracy is the thing that that makes it. it where where he talks about uh, speed overcomes power and accuracy or precision overcomes time. You know, his yeah. whole quote. His precision on his strikes is such to where like I know that he could take a back step of a few inches while while. Habib's coming forward on that initial takedown, and he can he can hit him. I know he's that accurate. I know in my blood that Connor is more accurate and is accurate enough to to land on Habib in the first round. Mm-hmm. I know that. So for me, the only question is 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 can Khabib take the shot? Can that's you said it? Yeah. Can Khabib take the shot? I think he can. In the first round, I think he can. I mean, how many in the people? Fourth but round, how many in the people, fourth round, when he's, when how he's many cocky, people have taken the shot though. Uh, Nate, Max Nate, Holloway. Nate's a special animal. 
Max, uh, Max Holloway right. took okay. it. Well, no, I can't keep saying that for everybody, right? No, no, but no, here's the thing, though. <laughs> but I was about thing. to say it. I was like, well, Max Holloway, it's a special animal. Yeah. <laughs> Who else you got? That's a special animal. <laughs> I was about to, I swear to God. There are, I was a about lot to, of, there are a lot of special animals here. There's a lot of them. That's, uh, a, that's, a, that's a unique situation. Yeah. No, here's, <laughs> here's my thing, though. I, 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 I only that. say, I only think Khabib can take it. Um, not because um, he's got like a special chin or anything like that. I think Khabib can take it because he understands if when I get hit, I need to be at a certain range where I'm not absorbing the full power. You see what I'm saying? So no, I do see what you're saying, and now, like, now like, that's a cerebral like, mindset. Like Jose got Khabib. knocked out because he was going forward. But that's what I'm saying is that eventually, at in, in some point in the first round, that's what I'm, I'm not saying that it's going to be like in the striking where like Habib's conscious of it. I think it's going to be in the moment that he tries to shoot oh, for a single you. leg. He could, man. He could. He could knock him out, and then I, everything I've been saying is just all no. uh, all was wrong. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even saying that for that. Yeah, I, no, I, I know what you. I know. You I, know, know but I, got you, I got you. I'm just saying like. With hit, I feel like Connor is so accurate with his striking, mm-hmm. and especially with, when you know, if you know that a fighter is going to shoot on you, like you, you know, like I know, if, if 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 me and this guy fight, he's going to shoot for my fucking yeah. legs. Mm-hmm. I'm planned for that. I'm prepared. Oh yeah, for it. you better be. If this, you're not, then you're not a smart fighter. The, <laughs> right? Am I wrong? I've got the left jab ready to keep you at range, but as soon. As I see you shooting, bro, I got this fucking uppercut that's coming, dude. That's gonna, gonna knock your fucking front teeth out. <laughs> destroy you. Yeah, and it's like if Connor, I know, has that too. Now yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. It, it's when he shoots and when he throws that left-handed uppercut, does it land and is it flush enough to end him, or or does he? Is that the whole game plan? It's like, oh, my left-handed, where, where he does it and he sees it and he and he throws it and he misses. For one, mm-hmm. or it lands and it doesn't do enough damage, and he still takes him down. Like those are the problems. I do see him. Li- I see Connor's I, I, range. I, I, I like the second possibility on that. The fact of Connor landing, but it not causing enough damage, or like to, subtle damage, but like not enough to like to end like it. end the fight. To right. Where like Khabib gets hurt. But it just but so like, happened he got hurt while he's grabbing on to one of Connor's exactly. legs. Exactly. That's fair too. Exactly. That's and, fair, man. That's, that's definitely what, fair. That's probably like most likely what I see happening in the first round. Yeah. yeah is yeah. him shooting Connor landing, but not doing enough damage, and then they're being like, "Oh shit, okay, well now I'm going to use. Uh, what, what did I pay this guy for for all this jujitsu training? You yeah. Know what I mean? uh, Dylan, Dylan Danis. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. No, I, I respect you, man. But you're just you're but, a bit of a bitch. Um, <laughs> dude, he is though, man. No, like, I, you know what I'm about to say. Discuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Why do you think he's a bitch? Because he, he just is he, he just, supposed to be the best jujitsu artist around? Or no, no, because he went from being a very fun, humble guy to I'm gonna talk shit to everyone uh, because I know that's what sells fights. Good for you, but you ended up getting kicked out of your own academy by uh, Marcelo Garcia because Marcelo Garcia gave you your black belt and he's the one that he's like he's from a humble beginnings so marcelo garcia is not to quote myself but to quote other world-renowned jiu-jitsu artists he is the most nicest guy in the world when it comes to just being a nice guy but he is considered to be the best grappler in the world so he'll strangle you he will choke you the fuck out because he but he's a nice guy I feel like with with so true the moment, with true power like that, with true ability, uh-huh. uh, it comes true responsibility. True, so like the true. nicest people, like especially if you see somebody like yoked up and they're being nice to you, yeah. you're like, 
Oh. Yeah, exactly. But he's such a nice guy, and he taught all the students to be nice and humble. But Dylan Dennis, the moment he started like hanging out with Connor, he started like you know doing this whole thing, this whole he started Social imitating media. Connor, which is fine, dude. It's fine, but. He doesn't have the personality to pull that off. So it's fake. So it, it, dude, it's it reeks of fakeness. It reeks of it. It's almost like if, if a comedian was if if Dave Chappelle, if I started hanging out with Dave Chappelle and all of a sudden I started acting like Dave Chappelle, you're like, dude, you're just not funny and you're acting like Dave Chappelle. Like, just stop. Like, just, this is it's yeah. annoying. That's Dylan Davis. Like, you're not funny and you're acting you're, like Conor McGregor. You're not Conor. You're not Connor, so stop. Like, be yourself, and I'll respect you for being yourself. But right now, you're acting like a like fucking... Like you had your own resume. You don't, yeah. don't try to fucking put his resume on your Yeah, he was like calling out John Jones in a submission-only thing. He's like, John Jones, up. fucking come over here. I'll fucking submit you. You know, fucking... You're, you're like just talking shit. And like wearing these like weird shirts and glasses and bleaching his hair. Dude, it was just like, dude, it was, it was, it was sad. It was sad. Anyways, um, yeah, so I... It just reminded me of the time that I said I could beat Jose Aldo's ass. (laughs) I don't know why, but I was just thinking, I was like, yeah, that was a pretty sad time in my life. Dude, remember uh, the chance that you had to fight Jose Aldo? Yeah, he didn't want none. That's right. Well, that and his minions, little five foot two midgets, tried to fucking... They probably could have all... Fuck us, that. They Fuck all could have given us a good run for our Fuck money. Fuck that, dude. Fuck them. You don't think we could have? They could have given us a run for our money? No, I know. I know what I'm capable of. I know what you're capable of. Ladies and gentlemen, we were walking down fucking Las, Las Vegas, Vegas Boulevard, leaving a bar or club. I forget. The, it, was it, was a, it was the same night that uh, Jose Aldo ran away from Frankie Edgar during that the fourth was, and yeah. fifth round. UFC 200 was it? Yeah, 200. UFC 200. And uh, we run into Jose Aldo and his his, his crew on the Las Vegas you Strip. You call them minions. They're about that size. <laughs> and then uh, I think I called him out first, right? I was like, well, Jose! Yeah, you, if I called him out. As in like, that's Jose Aldo. You recognized him first. I recognized him first. Yeah, I didn't like call him out like, fight me. I mean, um, based on the story, <laughs> you were like, I called him out first. Yeah, I just want everyone to know that I uh, challenged Jose yeah. Aldo to a fair fist fight. <laughs> and the bitch wanted none. Yeah, right? No, I mean as in like, I... I Recognize Jose Aldo first, which and then, is actually um, really par for the course in terms of uh, Derek in Vegas. Like, if you ever want to go to a fight card in Vegas, please take Derek because this guy knows oh. knows more about not only I know I said this before more about mixed martial arts, but in terms of like recognizing fighters in public, this yeah. is the guy. I'm telling you. Yeah, I, I've got one fuck up that I'm like, oh, on Big it, Ben. That I'm on, not worse than that. That I'm honestly questioning whether I should even share it on the podcast, but you, I'm going to. You should. Because fuck that's, it. That's the exact type So of thing. Um, I want to make sure I, I have the opponent, the, the fighter's name right first before I even tell this story. What are they? But it's definitely one of my most embarrassing. I thought that was, I thought you were this person moments. Oh. Where I was like, oh, so and so. They're like, oh, no, man, that, that's not me. <laughs> you sound racist already. Yeah, that's the only reason why I'm like, should I even say it? But You're, fuck it, I've already right. gone Derek, this far. Derek's not white, so it's okay. Exactly, I'm a He's Mexican, not racist. so I can't be I can't be racist. Can't be racist. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, honestly, for me calling you racist, I'm pretty sure I'm the racist one now. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Sorry. Man. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to laugh at that. It's supposed to be funny. Okay, yeah, I, I do have his name right. Okay, so, um, so. We were at the 
UFC Fan Expo the first year. Yeah. No, the second year because Johnny was there. Okay. Uh, J6, shout out. Shout out. Um, I call him Johnny Five. Yes. So uh, we were at the UFC Fan Expo. We uh, we just walked in. I'm walking around. We're all doing our thing. To the left, to the corner of my uh, of the left side of my eye, I see someone, a UFC fighter. I'm sorry, a mixed martial arts fighter who I thought was <laughs> Charles Bennett. And I'm gonna show my boy. This audience has Michael no Gilman. idea who Charles yes. Bennett is. By he's the way, he's also known as <gasps> he's also known as Crazy Horse. Yeah, yeah, they might know Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse, Charles Bennett. He was uh, he uh, was famous for fighting in Pride back when Pride was running around, and um, he's knocked out people like KJ Nunes. He had a uh, a backstage fight against a Vandalay Silva where That's he knocked him out. That's he knocked out Vandalay Silva, and actually they have it on. They have that. Pretty much on film. Like, he like, knocked out Vanellie Silva. Don't want no... Yeah. Don't get no... It was actually in the locker room, too, where they fought. It yeah, was like... They, not, they were not, talking shit. It was like talking off stage. Shit. You it know was not a about? UFC... Oh, dude, I know exactly the story you're talking my about. My boy Mike. My boy Mike. Come on, That's dog. what I'm saying. That's you, what I'm you, you got me hooked on this goddamn sport. That's what's up. So, I look over and I'm like, holy shit, that's Charles Bennett. Crazy horse. I'm really, I'm, dude, that's, I know exactly So, I go about. running up and I... I just come right up, right up to this guy like a fucking fanboy. He boy. might swing on you, bro. Based dude, on yeah, I know that. I know, right? I come running up and I'm like, "Dude, Crazy Horse, big fan." And he was like, "Oh no, man, my name is Daniel Strauss. I fight for Bellator." I know. He goes, he goes, You're "No, racist. no, man." I knew this was a racist story. He goes, "No, man, my name is Charles Bennett." And I was, I'm sorry. He goes, oh, jeez, did it again. Did it again. He goes, I'm so sorry, man. My, my, my name is Daniel Strauss. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm so sorry, man. I thought thought you were Charles Bennett. And he was like, oh, no, man. But I do, I do appreciate it. I was like, yeah, I'm a big fan of yours either way. I know I, I know Daniel Strauss. He was also okay, the one. So you did, he you was weren't a, lying there. He was a 145-pound champion in Bellator. For the longest time. Does this guy know his shit or what? Yeah. He was... He fought the... He fought... Uh, he was known for fighting um, uh, a pit bull. What's his name? Fuck, dude. Uh, I gotta Alvarez? fight uh, No, uh, t- um... Tiago Alves? No, 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 pit no, no. Uh, 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 dude, I, I'll pull it up. Nickname, right? No, no, it is. It definitely okay, is. Okay, I just definitely I don't is. want to sound like but, um, a chump it, over uh, here. There, there are multiple ones. Um, There's definitely multiple uh, he pit was known for fat, uh, He was known for fighting uh, a Pat Curran. Who is the uh, the 145 pound champion in Bellator for the longest time? But it was also known for fighting uh, Patricio, yes, Patricio Ferrari, uh, the Pitbull, who is also a yeah. 145 pound champion. Yeah, that's what I said. And he was also like known as being like one of the best 45 pound fighters on the planet. Uh, but anyways, Daniel Strauss was really nice, and he was very humble on the. It's all good, man. You'd have to be humble. Yeah. Dude, I felt like the biggest piece of shit. I was like, I am so sorry that I confused you for another restaurant, which is, it it just goes like this. Be better. Yeah. And since then, I don't. Not you. I'm saying that fighter should be better. Because then he'd be more recognizable. Very true. Very true. But also, I should, um, before I mean, running should to be somebody, before before running at somebody being like, aren't you so-and-so? I should 
Every time I hear you say you Take run a it, second. You, you're running at a fighter. Like, I ran up to this fighter, bro. I'm like, dude, you sound like you're, like, ran up to, like, sock this motherfucker. Yeah, right? I like, ran up with hand wraps, like, I fucking challenge you to a fist of cup. What's up, cup? <laughs> like, that's what I'm imagining. Yeah, one yeah. time, uh, true story, one time, uh, the first time I was ever in Vegas, I was there for the, uh, not the first time, but one of the first times I was there for, like, a major fight card, I was there with my boy, um, Trevor Barnes, shout out. Shout my buddy out. John Medina, um, shout out. Uh, my buddy Tony Shoup, who now lives out in uh, fucking Mississippi or some shit like that. And um, and uh, we're all there. And it was the night that Rashad Evans fought Quentin Rampage Jackson. And uh, that night, I ran into Cain Velasquez, super nice guy. And my boy, John, not John, but Josh Koscheck, who nice. I mentioned earlier tonight. And I was fucking drunk when I ran into Josh Koscheck. And I was so starstruck because I was at... We're literally at a bar, and then a dude comes, like, not even not even eight inches away from me. Like, we're talking about, like, right in front of my face. A dude comes walking in, and immediately I recognize him. I'm like, that's Josh. He's, like, standing right in front of me. And I'm drunk, and I'm such a fucking fanboy. And all I can think of is, like, Josh, I'm a big fan. That's all I say. And he ignores me. Like, nothing. Like, doesn't even look my way. Literally, I'm standing... Like, his shoulder is at my jaw. And I'm like, Josh! Gosh, I'm a big fan. Ignores me. The next best thing I can think of is... Oh, he just didn't hear me. Let me get his attention. So I start, like... With my pointer finger... I'm like, with my right-handed pointer finger... I'm tapping his shoulder. His right shoulder. Just, like, as hard as I can. Like, Josh! Josh, I'm a big fan. He like stops and looks at me, gives me like a "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, look. Why the fuck are you poking me? Recessive, and then like, walks away. He and doesn't then, even does, didn't even say anything. Oh, I want to fight him. Yeah, that's why he's an asshole. What a dick. He just he walks looks away. Like he's a dick. And my buddy and my boy John Medina, who I'm hoping I hope you listen to, you, man, because you were there and you were the one that really was like, "Dude, don't fucking do that." <laughs> John was the one that was like, "Don't do that." Like, don't do that. You're gonna get your ass kicked. Fuck that. Yeah, uh, fuck him. Uh, fuck Jose, fuck Josh Koscheck. Yeah, John Medina, thanks for having my back, man. Um, yeah, so so uh, John was the one that was like, he, "Don't do that." I don't, don't want to be too Anne Frank about this, but like, we're nah. live on the podcast. So my honest thought is like, was he being a good friend? Oh, he was. He kept or, me. From, he kept me from making or, a fool of myself. Or did he not believe in you? He kept me from making a fool of myself. So no, like, Derek, I believe in you, bro. <laughs> Dude, he kept me from like making myself out to be that a- drunken asshole. That was like, all right. Oh, fucking Josh! Fucking, you I'm sorry. Beat his ass. I should have beat up Josh Koshik for sure. That's what I'm saying. Not, not first of all, not your friend. Obviously. Oh no, no, the, the John. But, thank you so much, John, for fucking yeah, keeping my good, head on straight. You're a good friend. Yeah, but dude, but like, you should have beat that dude's ass. Yeah, fuck Josh Koshik. But that anyways, guy, if you, if you yeah. tap re- repeatedly and that guy, dude, I, off, here's the thing, man. Like, I'm an asshole for even touching him, but. In that moment, man, like, I was just so, like, overwhelmed with, like, again, that was probably, honest to God, that might have been the closest, the first time I was ever, like, arm's reach of a UFC fighter. And, like, I'm still a fanboy. But at that moment, I was like, holy shit, like, Josh Koscheck, man, like, oh my God, you're... Can I'm I, a big fan. Can I be honest? And he just ignored it, it wasn't me. So like for, that kind of hurt my feelings. So I was like, yo, let me get your attention. And he still like ignored me. So I was like, yo, fuck you too then. I will say this, man. Uh, again, beers are flowing. But if it wasn't for hey, Derek, Derek Lee Ramsey over here, I would not know what I know about UFC. 
I would not be the fan that dude, I am. Thank you for that. But like, what no, good man. has that done? Like a lot for me and my personal know, dude, life. A I lot, know, man. Dude, I'm telling you, man. This guy over here has taught me the most. I feel like most. that's like, what, what has that done though? Like, I mean, I'm sorry, man. Like, I love you, and like, don't take it the wrong hey. way. But like, I don't want it to be like, uh, oh, thank you for teaching me. I'm like, dude, like. Uh, listen, man. There's no belt. There's no belt around your shoulder for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I get you give, it. You give where I'm getting it. I get it. <laughs> I'm not a. Thank you, though, man. I'm not, like, I'm not that kind of fanboy. But I will say that I, I do have an appreciation for what you've taught me. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. You know, it hasn't yeah. put a put a belt on your shoulder, and I still. You, you, I think. I think you know that I want a belt around your shoulder. I yeah, think you know nice. that. Yeah, that'd be nice. It would be nice, but at the same time, uh, I also appreciate all your other ventures. And, uh, you know, me, bro, yeah. I'm, I'm your fucking boy dog, and I, I support you that. no matter what. Appreciate that, man. Uh, yeah, but I just, I'm just happy that I'm just happy that I got uh, hold, you hold and my boy Trebdo and Dude. fucking Bill. You guys are all, like, Pat, too. You guys are all down. Johnny J6. J6. Fucking my JD, boy Matt Roadhouse wrote it. Maddie with his Josh, right now, dude, dude, he's fucking killing it, dude. Killing he's looking it, sharp. Bro. He's looking killing sharp. It. I still think I'll take you down. <laughs> you hear that, Matt Roadhouse? Not, not because of any science or anything like that. It's That's just, just like that it's confidence and ego, ego, bro. Pure ego. <laughs> uh, but you anyways, probably would beat my ass. I'm just happy that you know you guys are all fucking. We all appreciate one common sport, and that's mixed martial oh, arts. Awesome. Because I've tried. But NFL dude, you, you actually uh, what I what I actually talked about. Uh, the other day which is like I've always been a fan of the sport mm. I always have been which I think a tr- uh, made us insta good friends yeah which led us to become also best me uh, also me liking the, 40s, the San Francisco 49ers, 49ers. the 49ers <laughs> that was a big thing I'll never forget if that if you're day, a dude. fucking Raider fan this shit would not work out <laughs> because you'd be stupid yeah <laughs> Um, also probably have a, you yeah. probably also have a felony on yeah. you. <laughs> the, the, the story goes, and this is a true story. True story. Uh, was after one of my shifts at the Olive Garden, I was just starting. And then uh, my boy Mike G here invited me over to his place. After to, a couple months, too. After a couple I don't, months. I don't give away the fucking friendship, bro. You exactly. can't give it away. Exactly. He's like, yo, you want to come over? You know, you smoke weed? Cool, I smoke weed, too. Why don't you come over? We'll smoke a, we'll smoke a blunt. So, yeah, sure. But he used to call him Twist. But you want a twist? And I was like, what the fuck's a twist? Trying to twist one up, bro? Exactly. And uh, exactly, um, so we uh, we went over. Uh, I, I think I rolled a blunt. I forget. I forget who you rolled, rolled it. I rolled a. We probably rolled a blunt. I, I forget. It doesn't matter. Semantics. But yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, let's not get into the, the to the nit greedy of the fucking thing. What are you saying? You- <laughs> yeah. So you rolled better than me, bro. Um, so we're sitting there hanging yes, out. We're, we're, uh, we're about to smoke a blunt, and then I forget how we got in the conversation of football. And I said, "Oh, you know, I, I'm 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 a fan of football." Um, I'm not a diehard fan, but if I had to choose a team, it'd be the Niners because that's my brother repped, and that's who I repped. And then immediately Mike's eyes lit up and was like, I did roll a blunt because you said, (laughs) dude, you rolled a good blunt and you're a fan of the San Francisco 49ers. I think we're going to be friends or some bullshit like that. I remember that because I remember you put like those a, two together. It was like a stepbrother's quote. I was like, did we just become best friends? Yeah, it was one of those moments. It was definitely one of those moments for sure because I remember, I distinctively remember Michael mentioning, holy fuck, man, this is a well-rolled blunt and you're a fan of the the 49ers. We're going to be fucking good friends. And then like, yeah, here you are, fucking uh, seven or nine years later. Uh, my, my math is wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I think seven or nine, but uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, it's about two to nine years, right? 
Something like that. It's like either two or nine years of friendship. I forget. Uh, I was thinking four. Give or take five. I don't I was, remember. I was thinking because we're 49er fans, it was like four to nine. Oh, I didn't even put that together. That's but goddamn it, was that was for. good. That's good That's too. That's good too. Um, either way, man. Um, yeah. So going back to the original thing, man. Um, I think uh, fourth round. Can I have one more too? Yeah, I got you. I think fourth round. Um, Connor is going. <laughs> we're still <laughs> still trying to break down the fourth round. Um, I think in the fourth round, I think uh, Conor McGregor is going to uh, be able to survive long enough with Khabib's initial uh, initial um, uh, uh, offense of taking him down, and he is going to land those shots. Because in that round is where either fourth or fifth round, that that's where Khabib is going to get too comfortable and he's going to be too much of the hey man, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna take you down. I'm going to hurt you, and then that's going to turn into Connor being like, okay, cool, go ahead and try to take me down. And then it's just going to be a, a long night for my boy, uh, uh, Mr. Khabib. And I think at that moment is where we're going to see Connor McGregor reemerge himself as the 155-pound uh, champion. Uh, at least I hope so. I, I hope I'm right. But if I'm wrong, then fuck, Khabib is the man that can, he claims that he is. Can I? Can I was just gonna ask this, and I, I you, you kind of were scratching the surface on this. Is like, okay, so outcome wise, mm-hmm. so what do you think this does for each person's legacy if they win? So say uh, Connor comes out of her, you know, people are making a big deal about this whole two-year hiatus from mixed martial arts. Yeah. Say Connor comes out from two years of a layoff. From mixed martial arts and comes in and starches Khabib, undefeated, the Eagle. You know, uh, he goes down as the greatest, one of the greatest fighters of all time. And then, okay. Furthermore, what happens to Khabib's legacy if he comes in and he implements his game plan and and takes down? Like, imagine what that does for Khabib's. It, no matter what, it's a win-win for either man. But like, my my thing is, is like, listen. Um, best example is to. Um, to uh, to retell history, right? Because like history tends to repeat itself. So Muhammad Ali decided to um, relinquish his heavyweight title because he did not want to fight in the Vietnam War. He felt as if he didn't want his his religion his uh, uh, religious views didn't correspond with what the government was asking of him. Totally. So he decided to step away from boxing for two years. Totally. He came back two years later. Um, had a tune-up fight and then fought Joe Frazier who was at that time the heavyweight champion of the world and lost. Lost that fight. The first one. Yeah, the first one. Right. He got, he, he lost. And ended up coming back after Joe Frazier, you know, defended his title one more time after he beat Muhammad Ali. So Joe Frazier was now considered the greatest heavyweight. Lost his title. Then George Foreman came in Knocked out Joe Frazier in two rounds and then ended up, you know, taking over the heavyweight title, which Muhammad Ali ended up winning his next fight, setting himself up for the fight against George Foreman. And we all know that fight, right? Right. Yeah. The, the rumble. rumble in the jungle. In the, 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 the rumble in the jungle. I said it. Yeah. Rumble in the jungle. The rumble in the jungle. And, the, and a drunkle. Because I'm drunk. The drunk. <laughs> rumble in the drunk. That's a good way to own it. There we there go. go. I've had a few beers. Beers are flowing. Yes, and we're having a good time. Hashtag beers are flowing. Goddamn right. Podcast. Um, I like that one. 
Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, but Muhammad Ali came back. You know, history here. I'm not no spoiler alert. If you haven't fucking, yeah. If you don't know this, then fucking <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> uh, go to church. Yeah, exactly. So Muhammad Ali beat George Foreman, etc. Um, so I believe no matter what happens, if either fighter, if you lose this fight. It doesn't matter if you lose this fight. It's what you do in the next two to three fights that really defines your career. So if Conor loses this fight, but he comes back and fights, let's just say, Tony Ferguson, because he fights in the co-main event. It's a good segue, too, so we can talk about that for a second. Science. Yeah, exactly. But uh, l- l- let's just say let's just say uh, Tony ha- and Khabib a, fight. I do have a counter to what you're talking about. I just want to... Don't, don't, gonna, don't. Gonna, uh, go ahead. But I, Put a pin on that. I don't forget it. it. Please I'm don't forget it. it. Okay. So let's just say Connor loses and um, Khabib wins, and then Tony Ferguson beats Anthony Pettis in the co main event, and they fight. Tony Ferguson beats they, Khabib who, and they? makes him look. Who's they? Tony uh, Ferguson and Khabib fight. Tony Ferguson beats. So say, say Khabib beats Connor, and then Tony Ferguson beats Pettis. Beats Pettis, and then, then Tony Ferguson, Ferguson and, Khabib and Khabib fight. fight. Okay. Uh, in, We're there. In, uh, uh, next year sometime. Sure. Right? Like and then Tony Ferguson makes Khabib look like an amateur, the same way George Foreman made Joe Frazier look when they fought. Got it. Right? I'm he just you. makes him look stupid. And then Connor wins one more fight. Let's just say the winner between, the winner between Nate Diaz and Pettis. Dustin Poirier. Or, excuse me, Poirier. Yes. God damn it. That's exactly yes. what I was thinking, Let, but I said it Let's wrong. just say. Or, even better, he ends up fighting Anthony Pettis because Anthony Pettis is coming off a loss. Conor McGregor comes off a loss. Hypothetically speaking, let's Show, just say. Showtime versus Connor. Let, let's just say. Dude, that's Connor, a huge fight. That'd be a huge fight. Let's just say that happens. And then Connor makes him look silly. All of a sudden, Connor, with his mouth as well and, and his skill set, he puts himself up next in line for another title shot against right. Tony Ferguson. And he goes out there and just fucking beats the fuck out of Tony Ferguson. No, right? this is five. All five of a sudden. This is very specific. It's I understand. very specific. I understand. But, but that. Would that not cement Conor McGregor as the greatest of all time to come back from a loss and to win two, to win a fight and to come back and to beat who is Tony Ferguson? Who, again, on on paper, does Tony Ferguson not have a better resume than Khabib does right now as far as people that he's fought to get himself that, to the title? That's a question. Tony Ferguson is on like an eleven fight winning streak in the in the lightweight division. But has he lost? I just he's on eleven fight winning streak. But so. has but he's lost. He I'm, lost not, against, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yes, here. he lost. I'm playing devil's advocate. But but he's Conor also McGregor lost against Nate Diaz as right. well. Right, but exactly. And there's oh, that's what so, I'm saying. It's like it's not. I'm not. I'm not saying that that, that that's the end all statistic or yeah. whatever. What what I'm thinking in my head is like if Connor goes in against Khabib, Habib, Habib, and uh, if he wins. I think that cements some some torpa some some torp some type of legacy. If he loses, I think it's very detrimental. Mm. I I think that like I, I I see I see your vision and I I agree with it. Yeah. But it's so specific that it's like uh, if I was a betting man in Vegas, I hear you. I hear I, you. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily bet yeah. on that to happen. Yeah, I do yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. I, I doubt, I'm not trying to. Okay. I'm not trying. No, I you got know you. what I'm saying. I got you. I I see it. Yeah. But I mean, here this is the intriguing thing about this fight. It's like you've got an ego with Conor McGregor that is so fucking huge yeah, that it's yeah. almost it's like it's like the car industry in America. It's yeah, almost too big to fail. 
It's like, and that's what we're that's what we're all as viewers we're 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 paying for, uh, is. Is like is this thing that we all see is like too big to fail? It can't fail, right? Like it, it's so confident it can't fail, mm-hmm. but it might. True, true, and that's and that, what we're gonna tune in for. Very true. And I also want to make a note that I wasn't trying to like create a what I think's gonna happen. Like I'm not saying Khabib's gonna win and then Tony's gonna win. They're gonna fight. Tony's totally. gonna be Khabib. I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking, based off of history. Um, no matter who, what the really the 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 meat of the sandwich of what I was trying to explain is that it doesn't matter who wins or who loses, because it really do, it really comes down to if you lose, let's say Khabib loses, comes back, wins, fights Connor again, fights Tony again, because Tony ends up fighting Connor for the undisputed, and then Tony beats Khabib. I mean, I'm sorry, Tony beats Connor, and then Khabib beats Tony. It doesn't matter. It it doesn't. This fight, yes, this fight's obviously has a huge amount of of um of uh help me out here like it, it just it, it, implications it, it, thank you yes and and, and nailed it, it. yes <laughs> the, the, yes so this fight obviously there, there's a lot riding on this like uh, there's a lot riding on this fight so it doesn't really matter Yes, does it matter who wins? Absolutely. But do I think if Connor loses or if Khabib loses, that's the end of their of their legacy as far as them being considered the greatest of all time? No, I don't. I agree with you. I, I, I don't. That's really the point that I was trying to make. I agree with really, you. No, no, yeah. no. And yeah, you, that's, that's you, really... That's really right. Okay, cool. Like, I, I, I don't think Connor loses. He could still win two, three more fights, regain the title, and then go up to fight Tyrone Woodley and then win that title will, and then be like, I'm the greatest of all time. I even will though say, I will say this, though, that, that based on, based on uh, East person's notoriety, I think that Connor can afford a loss a lot more than Habib can. I think Connor can uh, come back from a loss. Well, that's what I mean. That's what, that's what I mean. Like, say, yeah. say Khabib, uh, I keep saying, I see it say his name like different every time. But either way. Say Habib takes a loss from Connor, right? What's what's gonna happen is like it's it's gonna be like Habib uh, didn't didn't find anybody that was worthwhile, and it's gonna be one of those things where it's like, I'm sorry, I'm being recorded. <laughs> sorry, I'm recording, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but it's gonna be one of those things where it's like, uh, I, I just think that Connor suffered defeat on the on the biggest scale possible. Yeah. If Habib, Han- you can't deny I don't that, I, man. I'm not, I'm not you saying, definitely can't deny just, that. I'm just saying, like, like if, if, in if, terms if, of who can suffer this loss more, I feel like Connor is more prepared to suffer a loss versus Habib. Just based on you know what I what I said, he's already experienced it on the biggest scale possible with Nate Diaz. You know what I mean? And he handled it like a fucking champ. Can we say that? I mean, Habib's undefeated. He's never suffered a loss. He's never suffered... He's never lost a round. You know what I mean? So it's like... Which person is more capable of, say, losing the first round? My answer would be Connor is more capable of losing the first round and then coming back and responding. If Habib loses the first round, he's probably knocked out and done for the entire fight. So that is... That's where... I mean... That's where I differentiate my predictions. As opposed to, yep. like, what I see in terms of, like, tangible skills and, like, the, the type of fighters that it is, as opposed to, like, the psychology of the fight. Which I just I just truly think that Connor has the edge in terms of, like, main event status, 
you know, familiarity, fucking uh, ability to, you know, kind of like handle the moment and then also be above the moment where it's just, it's just not too much for him. Whereas opposed to like, Khabib, you know, he's probably going to, you know, go into this shit where it's like, oh, I'm 26 and 0, I've never had any sort of fucking, you know, struggle. And uh, I'm just going to go into it like that. And I'm just going to, you know, kind of like... Con- the way that I see Habib going into this fight is the same way that I saw Connor going into the Nate Diaz fight. Which is with that unrelenting confidence. And like Derek mentioned earlier, sometimes that confidence can be a fucking hindrance. And I just truly see Habib going into this fight the same way that Connor went into the Nate Diaz fight. That that's kind of like that that almost immature confidence. I can that, see that. That like and that that's what I see being the the end all for Connor. I definitely see that, man. Well, what's your uh, final prediction? Connor in the first. Like, oh, excuse me, Connor in the last minute of the first or the first minute of the second. In okay. those in those two minutes is my prediction. Okay. Fair. What about you, sir? Can I see. Finally, uh, can we finally get this? Uh, I, mean, I, can, I was saying I can it earlier. Finally, man. fucking talk to my bookie. I can. Vegas, I, was, I was saying. I've been saying it, man. I, I think Connor in the fourth round via TKO, um, either late in the fourth or early in the fifth round. Connor McGregor TKO for sure. Late in the fourth, early in the fifth. Yeah, that's what I'm calling. I, th- I think that'll be where Connor gets his chance. <gasps> If it gets down to the last minute of the fifth round and Khabib's still ahead, I think it's it. Science. But I, I get that. But, like, Connor is the kind of person that has the ability of landing that shot that can stop you. So even if there's 30 seconds left in the fifth round, there's still a chance Connor can knock you the fuck out. He's got the puncher's chance. But he's not not only the puncher's chance, but he's also got the skill behind it. So it's not like he's just a brute uh, a, a, a brute fucking guy that just goes out there and just yeah, swings. But, but if it goes to the fifth, bro, his energy is going to be drained. If it, uh, here, here's the thing. He's it's had not, two it's years. Not, he's, had, he's had a year since his last fight. He's had two years since his last mission. It's not even about that. It's the fact that like if it goes... Dude, in my head, it's like if it goes past a few minutes, three minutes, imagine imagine how much stand-up time that is to be around each other. Yeah, I get that, man, but I still think Connor has enough to be like, I still I got enough in the really tank. I really don't see it. You. I don't see it going farther. I think no. that if he has the skills, okay, I, I, guess think we'll that, see. I think that if he has the skills to knock him out and to find that opening, it's going to happen early. Yeah, we'll see, dude. Yeah. I don't think... I, again, I first of all, I always tip my cap. Dude, dude no, here's I, I I do as well, man. Here's, here's the thing: even if Connor knocks him on the first round, I'm still picking Connor to win. <laughs> so, I, know, I know you are. Yeah. I know you are. So, I'm, I'm just like, you know, like it's I'm not that big of a deal. About it. I'm like, uh, sir, how yeah. could you say it's <laughs> the you. fourth? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. you asshole. It's exactly. the first. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's why I'm like, actually, hey, uh, if, he, if he wins, he wins, man. But like, you're like, my, all my argument like, is exactly what you're saying. I just think it's gonna take a few minutes. And I'm like, I, I, I do. No, fuck you. And I'm only saying that not because I don't believe in Connor, but because I think Khabib is that good too. I, I think Khabib is good enough. To be like, hey, I want to let like you're you're knock me out, but you're gonna knock me out later, dude. I don't. I don't, I don't <laughs> if that makes any sense. I don't hold it against yeah, you that you're all. this wrong. 
Yeah. I don't hold it against you. You are. Just kidding. <laughs> so you know we're high fiving right now. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I mean, you, fiction can be fun, yeah. but I find the reference section just a tad more enlightening. Hey. Can you name a movie? Yes. Give me one second. Um, one more time. Say it one more time. Fiction can be fun, but I find the reference section. Just a tad more enlightening. Uh, that's Ace Ventura. That's my ninja! <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes! <laughs> my man. Uh, but yeah, so that was your final prediction. That was my final prediction. Before we uh, cut it short. Two uh, hours, cut it dude. Short. Two hours. By cut it short, I mean let's... Uh, Hashtag every girl's fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Beers are flowing. Beers are flowing. Um... Achilles, how you doing, buddy? Uh, um, Achilles. <laughs> my dog Achilles is coming up. Being a, like, Dad, take very, me outside. Dude, I'm really glad he has his nuts still. Yeah, me too, man. Dude, I'm I so glad. He's my best friend. I couldn't I'm do that. I'm so glad. That how I, could he ever trust me if I set him up to his nuts chopped off? If you are... Thank you. Why would you, like, if you ever why loved, the fuck would I ever trust you again? If you ever loved your dog and you cut off his nuts, you're a shitty person. Yeah, if you're worried about fucking... I'm sorry, um, I'm not sorry, bro, but like... litters, be Derek, more responsible. Derek is a fucking true grown-up, bro, where he's like, no, I don't control... I'm not God. I don't get to decide whether or not my fucking animal... My, my pet that I love mm-hmm. is allowed to fucking procreate, which is a main force of my fucking existence. Yeah. Why would I Why would I? I mean, I'm just going to make sure him? he doesn't do that. And I've, why been, would I do I've that? been in a situation where he was trying to, and I made sure he didn't. Because that's me being a responsible dog yeah, owner. Yeah, be, be a better fucking dog owner and yeah. don't don't be lazy and don't just like cut off your fucking dog's nuts because and you're be like not that a, way I don't have to watch him anymore. And that way that what? way I can be less of a fucking dog parent. Yeah, okay. fuck that. Dude. Fuck you. Yeah, not you. You know what I'm saying. Those are the same dog owners that do that are the same people that would give their child Ritalin to get them to calm down. Would you Would you cut off your fucking if you had if you had a child and you're like oh he could be really aggressive would you cut off his nuts? Are you asking me? No, I'm asking oh, every I, I, stupid I, oh, fucking dog owner that, that does this. That's like, oh, they're more yeah. they're more aggressive. They're more aggressive when they have their nuts. Like, yeah, I'd be pissed off too if you cut my nuts off. You fuckhead. Yeah, dude. You cut you, my nuts off. I would hate you. Think forever. about cutting off my fucking nuts, dude. I swear to fucking god, dude. I will fucking I will, plot a revenge. The, yeah, you could keep me around for five years, and those five years, I'm gonna be plotting against you the whole time, right? Am I wrong? Rightfully so. Thank you, sir. Rightfully Thank so. Thank you. If you uh, if you're the type of pet owner that's like I'm lazy as fuck and I'm like I don't I don't want to uh, as opposed to being like my man fucking Derek over here who has Achilles over here is a badass motherfucker dude and has his nuts dude thanks, and he's man. still Appreciate he's still that. you know you know he's still he still is uh, a very docile and obedient and just a fucking good dog. Thanks man, appreciate that. Dude, no, thank you. He beats your head sometimes, but thank, you know. First most- of all, I would like to take. A hundred and ten percent credit for Achilles having his nuts still. Yeah, you actually did talk me. Uh, you were the motivating factor of like, don't do that to your best friend. And I was like, you're right. He is my best friend. Because I was like, so, well, you know, studies show that most dogs yeah. die from testicular cancer. I'm not holding and that against like, you. It's like, well, yeah, if you eliminate the testicles, of course they die from testicular cancer. But that doesn't mean that they don't die from colon cancer Science. from the dog food that most 
fucking mass companies are producing shitty ass dog food. Or how about uh, you love your dog, you implemented a strategy of how yeah. to you know how to implement. I just gotta, I just, you know, maybe, I just gotta be a responsible let's, let's dog make, owner and not make sure he doesn't mate with another dog. And if it is, it's make, a plant. It right it's dog. plant. Oh. Yeah, it's plant. Derek, you're such a romantic. It's plant. You're such it a romantic. It has to be plant. I love you for it. I love you too, man. Um, really quick though, before we. Uh, <laughs> you're right. We probably should sign off. Yes, but <laughs> before we do though, I want to get your pick yes, on sir. the co-main event and and uh, how how is it going to go down that way? Dude, that's really a quick. Very good question. Oh, okay. So we're, we're we're talking about Tony Ferguson versus Anthony Pettis. Uh, both of them are very good strikers. Uh, both of them also have very good submission games, very mm-hmm. good ground games. Uh, so there's really no advantage on any level here in terms of what I see. Uh-huh. What I my gut tells me is is honestly Anthony Pettis is a little bit stronger and a little bit better. Like in terms of like the capabilities, like he has a little bit more talent. Yeah, there's just a hair more talent than than Ferguson. Ferguson is more of like a product of like true toughness and like uh, an an ability to you know put themselves in the mix. Yeah, Pettis, if he commits and Ferguson commits, I think Pettis wins. I think Pettis is committed in this fight. God, but it's so tough to say this, but I think Pettis wins. Uh, I don't know how. I think it's going to be... Uh, this is one of those situations where... I think Pettis wins, huh? I do. I So subtly, because I think he's just more technically advanced. I think he's just a, a little bit of a better striker. I think Ferguson has the toughness and, like, the chin and, you know, that, like, little just bit the of grit. A, like, he's just yeah. Tough guy. That little thing in your mind that says, like, I'm a fighter versus you. Like... like Not going to lose. Ferguson has that. But yeah. Pettis... Has everything else going for him, and uh, I just kind of see it. I mean, if I, it, it, this one's tough for me, but if I were to like actually bet money on it, then yeah, I'd probably go with the more talented fighter in Pettis, hmm. as opposed to like the deter- like determination can only get you so far. But at the end of the day, like if you're better, then you're better. Yeah. So if like if you're determined and you're better, as opposed to just you're determined. Then the better is gonna win. Yeah, that's fair. So, assuming that Pettis is just as determined, then I go Pettis. Cool. All right. But very fucking marginal. Yeah. Very close. I gotcha. I gotcha. What do you What do you think? Um, just to make it quick, so we can end this early. Um, we can end it right now. Here, pause. <laughs> uh, yeah, just to uh, so we can end it early. Um, I would say, I think. Um, I think Tony's going to win, man. I, I, I think Tony's going to go out there. I think Tony is very hungry and eager to um, prove himself. Uh, and I think Tony's going to go out there. And uh, the same way that Dustin Poirier beat Anthony Pettis, where he made it very difficult and a tough fight, I think Tony Ferguson is going to do the exact same thing. Um, I think he's going to win by TKO. He's probably going to make Anthony Pettis uh, – he's going to make him taste his own blood. And then it's just going to be a Tony Ferguson. But again, dude, Anthony Pettis can go out there and do exactly what you just said. No, no, I trust you. And then kick his knees out because he just came out from a surgery, man. Fuck, that's crazy. Four or five months ago. Because he tripped with his sunglasses on, right? Hopefully he doesn't fight with his sunglasses on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll see what happens, man. But either way, um, that was Long Winded Spiel, episode 51. 
Uh, hope you all enjoyed it. We spent about an hour and 45 minutes on Prior. Connor versus uh, oh. Khabib. And then before that, Michael and I had a very serious conversation for about two hours. Vivid. And um, I'm happy we had that conversation because that was, uh, once again, that was more for us. And um, believe me, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. But if I would have recorded the podcast that we should have recorded before, it would have been something that was... A special. Uh, it was a special, special I, conversation. I can tell you this, man. I, I got a lot out of that uh, prior Me conversation, Me too, man. man. Like, Me too, man. Uh, no Me homo. too. Uh, but, Me too, man. You know, love you, bro. Uh, I, I love you too, man. I love you too. Oh, we're shaking hands right now in a very, uh, very non-homo non-homo kind of way. Very non-homoerotic way. Please don't, sh- please don't scratch my palm. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I did it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, everyone, uh, thanks again for tuning in. Episode 51. Um, enjoy the fights this weekend. And uh, yeah, I'll be in Denver, Colorado. So I'll be exactly one mile above sea level during this fight. Cannot wait. Appreciate you. Bye, everybody.